been so caught up in my job Didn't see what's going on, but now I know I'm better sleeping on my own Cause if you like the way you look that much Then baby, you should go and fuck yourself And if you think that I'm still holding on to something You should go and fuck yourself Welcome to the Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I recently completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one. Each episode, myself and a revolving co-host will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who should have won podcast. We are here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie that you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. That's our email. On social media, we are at Best Picture Cast. So that's Twitter, that's Instagram, that's Facebook, at Best Picture Cast. We love to hear from you. And we're back for our season two premiere. Gentlemen, we're Hi. here again. How are we doing today? Good. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to... It was a long off-season break <laughs> from season one to season two, which was about five days. It's, it's season one, season two in quotes. It's for just basically organizing them by 15 movies. But we're back here, and we're headed into the 2010s for the first time. We didn't yeah. touch them at all in our first 15 episodes. And I have two familiar voices here with me. They're going to introduce themselves now to my left. RDB. Howdy, y'all. And straight on. Grant Z. How's it going, everybody? RDB and Grant Z, if you've heard us before, are, should be more than familiar with them. They're probably on their sixth or seventh episodes at this point. Yeah, please don't make me rattle off the episodes. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, gonna like, be like, uh... I was like, I'm hoping we don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah. We can just do, move past us in season two. Yeah. Season two. We're, established, we're established characters. Yeah, we're, <laughs> yeah, right. we're all stars. That's right. We, we get the, uh, the applause track now when we step into the room. And last time we met, guys, we did the rankings episode, which actually just aired a couple days ago. And I thought it was a lot of fun. It was a little different from our, our regular deal. Yeah, it was, was a lot, lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, are we, are you guys happy with the list that you put out there? Oh yeah, I'm, I, the more yeah. I read it, the happier I am. Yeah, I'm sticking with it. Yeah, and um, Joey R put together a nice little composite list, which I thought was really cool. We're gonna release out on on social media or on Twitter soon, and it really was very interesting to see everybody's together. Well, that's news. Uh, a couple people who were not on the it's breaking news. Yeah, I didn't know Live that. Breaking wow. news. A couple of people who were not on the ranking episode, Jay Dowski included his, and pod favorite contributor, Catherine Short, actually submitted her Love list, that. too, and we moved that into the composite. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Well, we're going to, as the week's gone, we're going to put all of our lists on, on Twitter. We'll just let the episode be out there for a little bit so people yeah. can hear it, and then you know we'll put each person's and then ultimately the composite. It's, so it should be good. It's going to be very interesting in the near future, seeing how we piece in our new episodes and with everything else too it's going to be really interesting i'm yeah. interested to see where you guys put this movie i'm interested to talk about yeah, this movie it is a uh well i mean we'll get into it but it is like a very conflicting movie for me yeah i 
I, I'm just very interested to see where this conversation is going to go. Is is as we try to do with some of these non super famous Best Picture winners, we don't really talk about it at all before we start these things. You know, if it's something like The Departed or Gladiator, or right. Forrest Gump or something we all know and have had some possible to hide your opinions on movies like that. Well, I try to talk about it in the group text and everyone just says, no, don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> you got a fight club, you man. You got to talk about you gotta it. Bring it. You got to bring it all out to the table when the mic's on. Keep the suspense. The movie we're talking about <laughs> is 2012's Argo. It is the Ben Affleck-directed Best Picture winner. It is in an interesting year where there's a lot of good movies on this list here, yeah. and even some that weren't on the Best a Picture. Lot, a lot of movies list. that you would consider Oscar darlings. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and we'll talk a little bit about, about that at the end when we go through all of it and kind of maybe get our finger on why we thought that Argo was the Best Picture winner because I look at that list and see at least yeah. seven or eight movies that I could easily see being well, movies that we'd be talking about today. I, I have I have uh, opinions about why Argo won, but we'll get into that. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and and sometimes in these weird years that there are some wild card factors that go into things. Let's talk about this movie as far as our experiences with it. Did anyone see this? Because now when we, we're talking about 2010 movies, now these are movies that we've kind of lived through their genesis and then their rise to winning the Oscar. Right. Did anyone see this in the theaters? No. I did not. I did not either. No. Okay, so was what were your earliest experiences with this movie? When it won the Oscar and Ben Affleck won the Golden Globe for directing and he wasn't nominated for directing for an Oscar... It intrigued me. It was, I think I just, before even seeing it, I think I bought it. Okay. <laughs> On, it might be the last, the last God bless it the DVD might, era. It might, might be the last Blu-ray I've ever purchased in my life. And uh, I remember I, I remember watching it. I'm like, oh, this is, this is really good. Yeah. I want to just comment on that for a second because physical media is something that's obviously pretty much dead if it's not dying. Yeah, just, but yeah. it, I, I hope it makes a comeback. And it seems like there's a little bit of a, effort out there for people who have blue blu-ray collections or have strong dvd I guess, collections to I keep that. it's, it's kind of nice just having it at your disposal you can just it's going to be like records you know people yeah, have that group help. you know people you have help. records because they prefer them it's... and i mean i have it's like a, be the main i never got rid of my dvds because i have like a really I have, nice dvd collection i'm proud of i have i have a, an entire when i moved when i moved into this house we got rid of the dvd cases and stuff i have this huge cd book Mm-hmm. I have this huge CD book filled with filled with DVDs, and there are movies that I'll never watch again. There are some movies that you know that are like seasons of of TV shows I've liked and all that stuff. But I don't really purchase DVDs unless only ones I purchase is Star Wars. Those are the only yeah. physical media's I buy. Mm-hmm. But that's that's about it, though. Yeah, and you know what? We just recently had a storm up here in the northeast of of the U.S. and had a major blackout. I mean, yeah, that was you guys, out for you guys were out of power for a while, yeah. and. Streaming is great and it's convenient, it's wonderful. But if you don't have Wi Fi and you don't have any services to stream off of, you got nothing. So right. I was, because I have a great collection of DVDs and I have my laptop which has a DVD extension to it, I had it charged up and I sat there th- that weekend in the black. I watched the entire Godfather trilogy and had an absolute blast. Where yeah. otherwise, I don't know what I'd be doing. We'd, you know, I guess you have reading a book read. by candlelight. Yeah. Re <laughs> <laughs> uh... teaching yourself how to read. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, we, a little bit of a rant there. But so, Artie, your first time watching Argo? Um, I just remember right after it won Best Picture being like, oh, I should see this. It's kind of a cool story. And I watched it by myself in my bedroom. Soon night. after it won Best Picture? Yeah, like once it yeah. was released. I think I had the DVD too. My mom yeah. had a very impressive DVD Blu-ray collection. <laughs> um, and I watched that and I remember loving it. 
Yeah, okay. So now Argo for me is one that I did not watch until several years after it won the Oscar. I probably I probably saw it for the first time like two years, two or three years ago. Okay. In watching it the other day, when I put it on, I was more or less prepared to watch it for the first time. I didn't remember a whole lot about it. As I was watching it, it all came back came to me back as it was right. going. But like if you asked me to like take a pen to pencil and write a plot beforehand, I'd be like, eh, okay, I remember we're escaping from something in the yeah. Middle East. I'll, I'll just kick it off by saying, I mean, it's definitely an entertaining movie. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a super easy movie to watch. Oh, yeah. If we're digging for some deeper themes and stuff, it might, it might have to... to... <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's on the surface. Is there, it's, it's very much a, this is how, this is what happened movie. Yeah, it's a retelling of historical it's just that There's no... You're just watching, you're it, not it, thinking. You're, you're just watching, you're just watching a really well, you're just watching a well done movie. Yeah. And it's exciting and it's, and it's uh, light at times and the acting's good and all that and all... And I'm know. sure you could get into deeper socio-political conversations about what's, what, what was going on at the time. Sure, yeah. This. We probably won't dabble with that but, today. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to watch this movie like you watch uh, No Country for Old Men. Right. Where there's a lot of things under the surface that are different movies altogether yeah and this movie doesn't you know make you feel a whole lot other than well it's, it's hard when you know the ending yeah you kind of you know how you know what's going to happen and it's it kind of it takes the punch away a little bit and, and one thing that i'm going to talk about today too is and we'll, i'll get into it more when we're talking about the going through the plot and whatnot but when i first saw this movie a couple years ago i saw the director's cut the extended version not the theatrical but which is about 10 minutes more okay and I watched this version, not even knowing that, that there was a difference. And I'm like, well, what happened to the whole storyline with the wife and the kid? Like, what, I, I, I th- that was like one of the things I remembered about the movie. And then I'm like, did I just like make that up in my head or something? Like, I'm, I'm losing my mind. Yeah, welcome to my life. And then when I was just doing some research after the fact and saw like they had to, they cut 10 minutes, I went back and realized like, oh, that's the 10 minutes they cut out of it. Wow. And it's a totally... It's not a totally different movie, but thematically, it's very different. But, but can I can I shine more of a light on Ben Affleck's character? A whole lot, yeah. And it makes it it, it his character's kind of blah without it. It kind of, but yeah. I mean, I guess without that stuff, because I've only seen the theatrical version, you, you can kind of piece together what what went wrong with his marriage and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, they let you put it together. Though, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, obviously CIA, and he's doing all. He can't tell his wife where he is all the you know any at any time, and he's doing all this stuff and. I Obviously, think, it's a strain on his marriage, but... It seems like they wanted to keep it go, 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 like, thrilling, thrilling, go, 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 not, like, stop and have any yeah, feels. Well, yeah, well, the, so, basically, the story that I read with it was, is they did testers. Okay. And there was some feedback coming back that people thought it was a little slow, a little we drag. We just want him to go to Iran. <laughs> and, and, and people are like, well, you know, and... Affleck was getting pretty frustrated. He's like, I don't view this as a slow as a slow movie. I don't yeah. understand what the what the problem is here. Like, I think it's pretty good. And the studio basically cut that well, most of that wow. storyline with him and his wife, and it, it kind of pissed him off a little bit. But then the testers came back better, and he's like, All right, fine. I mean, it's, it isn't exactly the movie I wanted out there, but and it just I, I thought those scenes added more depth to like the alcoholism and and everything yeah. that was going because, on. Because I mean, it's I think he does a good job in this movie, but he's just kind of spy man and just you know he kind of does his job and he you know he works hard and all and all that stuff but and the whole alcoholism thing like i it they show him drinking but they don't ever show it being a problem he's never right. intoxicated like he has some of his best ideas like he makes yeah. his best decisions like it, yeah yeah and i think when you see the relationship with the family is a little more cause effect and yeah. the the perils of being on the road and being away from your family sure. and not really having a choice but what's you know we're already kind of dig, digging in here so 
we want to start up? Are we ready to go? Yeah, ready yeah, to go. Start. Okay. The year is 2012. Barack Obama defeats Mitt Romney in the 2012 election to enter his second term in office. In the World Series, MVP Pablo Sandoval, Kung Fu Panda, channels his inner Reggie Jackson hitting three home runs in Game 1 as the San Francisco Giants sweep the Detroit Tigers in four games. And the Billboard number one song of the year is Somebody That I Used to Love by Gautier featuring Kimbra. Somebody That I Used to Know. Yes. Yeah. Somebody yeah. I Used to Know by Gautier featuring Kimbra. Gautier... The great Gautier. Is he New Zealand? Australia? Yes. New Zealand. Yeah, one, of, one of those. I'm not, a I'm Kiwi. Not sure. Yeah. One uh, of the people who didn't help out old, old Ben <laughs> in this movie. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, either New Zealand or, or Australia, Australia. one of the two. But regardless, he was a one-hit wonder. A one-hit wonder, yes. Yeah. And let us not forget the great Kimbra as well. Sure. Argo wins Best Picture. Argo's based on the real-life events during the 1980 Iran hostage crisis. Depicted in the Wire magazine article by Josh Berman and the book Master of the Skies by Tony Mendez. Screenplay was by Chris Terrio. It was directed by and starring Ben Affleck, who plays Mendez in the movie. Cinematography by Rodrigo Preto. Movies also starring Alan Arkin, John Goodman, Brian Cranston, Victor Garber, Clea Duvall, and Kyle Chandler. It was nominated for seven Oscars. It was the winner of three, including Best Picture, Adapted Screenplay of Chris Terrio, and Best Film Editing. The other Oscars it was nominated for were Supporting Actor, Alan Arkin, Original Score, Alexander Desplat, and Sound Mixing and Sound Editing. So, Argo, this is our first real, like, non-fiction movie that we've done here oh, so man far. for all seasons. Okay, yeah, all right. Yep, movie, man for all seasons. Non-fiction movie people have seen. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what specific In that case. Our first modern non-fiction movie. I mean, sure. yeah, Man for All Seasons, it's, you know, 14 I guess, uh, yeah, so too. Was any other non-fiction? No, uh, Sound of Music was loosely. Very loosely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. But, you know, we're talking, you know, we're talking 1980. 79, 1980 here. It's definitely recent events. You know, Jimmy Carter in the office. These are, these that, are things that, that are pretty yeah. close to, to our modern lives here. Sure. Uh, guys, this movie is... I found it very different from the other movies that we did. Where, even like we said, A Man for All Seasons, nonfiction. Sandy's nonfiction. They're, they're packed with some themes and some plot story. and yeah. some. This is a retelling of dramatic events. Yeah. And that's kind of what it is. It feels like a fiction spy thriller. It feels mm -hmm. like feels like something based on a Tom Clancy book. There's nothing wrong with that either. Because those <laughs> movies are great. Too. And this is a this is a Ben Affleck produced, Ben Affleck directed, Ben yeah. Affleck starring movie here. He really takes it, put it all out. Yeah, there. puts yeah. it all out there, and it's a success. And you know, credit him. He's he's had a weird career. It's a career we're going to go through. His filmography in the middle of this thing here is going to yeah. be. We're going to see all the ups and downs. Of good old Ben. And this is the second best picture winner he's in that we discussed. He was also in Shakespeare in Love. Artie, initial takes here when you watch this the other night. All right. So I remember loving this movie. And I was very excited to watch it. And the opening scene is awesome. Love the opening scene. Very the energy, intense. Really yeah. intense. Just hits the ground running. I kind of had a hard time paying attention at certain points on the <laughs> second watch. Some of the dialogue, as you guys like to say, is a little Aaron Sorkin-y. 
Like everyone has a mouthful ready. Not like Alan Arkany, because you actually have yeah, Alan Arkany. I got it, I know, and, and that learned, helped me learn the difference. <laughs> Very well directed, love the shots, love the cinematography, I'm a sucker for that. Mm -hmm. uh, the script is good. Um, it, I don't know, it kind of, I rewatched it the third time and it felt like work. I, I kind of, each time I watched it, I felt it was less rewatchable. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, okay. and I didn't expect to feel that way because I remember loving that movie. And the opening and the end are both awesome, love the dialogue. But there's some parts where I'm like, uh, it's a little Hollywoody, a little lame. One, yeah. per one performance uh, I thought was just totally mailed in and not that great, and I'll, uh, I'll get to that. I'll but. tell you what, you brought up the Hollywoody lame. I thought a lot of the Hollywood stuff was super lame. And yeah. like, there were a lot of those like overdone Hollywood jokes that I was just like, yeah. I'm rolling my eyes at a straight face. Not even just jokes, but like elements of a movie. Like he's... You he, can he, teach a monkey how to direct. He, like, well, he, he throws on Planet of the Apes. Oh, I have an idea. He just quickly glances at the desk. Oh, look at this script. You know, mm -hmm. like that movie stuff. Like, yeah. you know it's yeah. about to happen. He's looking at his desk. He's going to find Argo. This is it, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I had a few few issues with it. Mm -hmm. Grant? Yeah, I think it's, um, I, it's, it's a movie to me that is... I really enjoy watching it. I, I watched it. I watched it twice... For this, and I really enjoyed both. You know, both times. If if, it, if we're talking about a movie, I kind of call it like a like a rainy Sunday movie, where like if I'm just kind of flipping through and it's on, I'm definitely going to watch it. But if you compare it to Oscar movies and movies that there's nothing extraordinary about it. Yeah, I, I, with the two of you guys' opinions there, that I'm going to little bit to Grant, where I found it super rewatchable. Yeah. I I thought it flew. I thought it was. It was an easy movie to watch. It was paced pretty well. There are definitely some scenes that are a little verbose where I'm like, kind of like, all right, let's get to the next thing going on here. The opening scene, Intense doesn't quite say it. We're just the reality of it is horrifying. Yeah, ter yeah terrible. Absolutely it, terrible. It felt like a zombie movie. Yeah, like it they're felt like, like, a like horror they have nowhere movie. to go. Yeah, totally. It's yeah, terrifying. They're, they're completely trapped. And one of the things that I didn't like about it, when I say I didn't like about it, I mean, I loved about it. Is I didn't I mean I didn't like feeling about it was is that you know often when you're watching horror movies you're like oh I would have done this or I would have done that this is one where you're like whatever you said you would have done yeah you're with those those sixty people or whatever however yeah. many it is and you're screwed yeah and as we learned at the end of the movie the four hundred and forty four days captive that time. is a long time that's long like time a year and three months yeah year long and four months yeah I mean we're talking about real scary stuff here and when that that mob's going over the wall. Just yeah. the idea that this happened, I think that if there's an important aspect of this movie, it's to put that out to the masses that this that this happens here, that this is real. Like we and we I'm I'm gonna jump ahead, but you see the you see the part where they you see the conditions where they're living in like the the mock executions. Oh and my stuff. god. Like it's just it's absolutely gut wrenching. I think my issue with rewatching it and not being as engaged or you know, blown away by it as I was originally is I'm trying to watch it and analyze it like I have an episode coming up and this is the best picture. I need to watch it and, and analyze it and then I'm watching it and I'm like, this is kind of just like a mindless action movie. Now, yeah. boom, yeah. this is where I'm going to agree with you. Well, it's a great it's movie. movie. Yeah, yeah it, but there's nothing extraordinary. It's not, I don't view the, it as a film. Where it's is the movie. Depth? Where's right. the depth? Where right. are the themes? Where what, what what are you making me feel right. other than, oh, God, it sucks that this happens. Yeah. It's, but I, I will, I will say before we get past the opening, the opening before that, I loved when they explained the history of Iran through storyboards. So let's and talk. It, look, it, it yeah. looked like they, they had like the artwork and it looked like they were 
making it making it as a movie. I'm interested to hear Artie's take on this because and I, I, I thought that was I thought that was awesome. And the movie opens up with the. Old Warner Brothers logo from yes, the 70s, love which that. is so cool. This yeah. job, this movie did a great job of feeling vintage. Well, like, yep. you were watching mustard and avocado colors the whole time. Yeah. Well, what, what Ben Affleck did was he shot it on a smaller frame, so you had to purposely enlarge it to make it grainy. So it looks like an old movie. So it looks movie. like a 70s movie. And right, he, that's great. And he mirrored movies like All the President's Men, mm-hmm. all the stuff when they're when everyone's kind of talking, all the politics and stuff, to make it feel like a movie from the 70s. Right. Yeah, and the, the really, 60s did a great job really with done. that. I think really Ben Affleck, as a director, did a great job. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. went all out. He did yeah. it every, yeah. every step of the way. This was his life's work. And, and I was like blown away because I'm like Ben Affleck, you know, yeah. G. Lee or whatever Look, the hell that movie is. He's an artist. I think he was pretty motivated. He's good. He's a great behind-the-scenes guy. And I think he was pretty motivated to have people take him seriously. I don't think he's like he was portrayed in that Family Guy skit with Matt Damon and <laughs> And another thing he did, too, is with the six captives, he had them live... With each other, yeah. With each other in, in a house with only the 70s technology. I right. know you love that Daniel Day-Lewis stuff oh, already. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know if he let them shower or not. Oh, my God. They didn't get to go outside and get fresh air. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it had that that seven that seventies Warner Brothers logo to start. Very very cool, very very Tarantino esque. Yeah, in that. and then we got that old school Disney style opening about the Shahs that Grant you referenced before. It was kind of like the beginning of Cinderella or the beginning of Beauty and the Beast or Sleeping I, Beauty. I guess, but I, I feel like it, it ties into it ties into the movie because it, it was presented like storyboards yeah. of a movie. And the next storyboard so, is the opening scene like yeah, when they so, stop that yeah, narration. So it ties, so it does, it does, it pays off later on at the end where at the airport he's explaining the storyboards to the Iranian guards. So Artie, I wanted to ask you about that, about that intro with the storyboard. Because you normally don't really like stuff like that. No, but this is well done because like Grant said, it's, it's, they're telling you a quick little gist of how we get to, boom, the opening a, a scene. complicated historical history yeah, that right. we're not familiar with. As and a, you don't need major it would, details. And it, would be, it would be hard to explain organically in, in the plot. Right. Yeah, and the, one of the things that I read about why he insisted on doing that or why they really wanted to do that, because I don't normally love that, if, unless it's like a Disney cartoon for kids, I don't necessarily like that either. They, it, he... He really didn't want to just open the movie with the riots. Right. So we're like, who are these savage people? Right. He wanted to. He wanted there to be context. To understand why they're, ang- the, why they're angry. Why they're angry. Yeah. Quick little character development for the angry mob. Ben Affleck gave them like certain people in the in the crowd these eight millimeter cameras, and they were and he's just like shoot whatever you want. So. That, you know, all that stuff is spliced in. It feels very it organic. Looks, I, yeah, it feels I, very I, I organic. That's what it is. It's crap. No, it's not old. Yeah. It's not old. It's not old footage. It's old footage. They're, they're yeah. just extras that were giving cameras. Right. So you get the crowd was, point of view. Yeah. Just Brilliant. Really, yeah. Brilliant idea. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. You get the, the burning of the flag and and the riots and then you stabbing know, the stabbing of dolls and yep and they you know they're up oh, up oh, oh, they're over the fence yeah. they're over the fence and yeah, yeah I mean it, it's it's and there's no there's Surreal. no score. You yeah. just hear them scrambling around trying to shred as much information as they can. I like the characters that are in the CIA, like their whole demeanor. Like they're very all right, like yeah, our lives are in danger, but it's more important we burn this. Yeah. Like they're just the priority business, their business, business as usual. Like they are and then the they're fr- trained for this. Yeah. Like uh, how about I the, love that. the furnace breaks and they're like, okay, get the shredder. Get, immediately yeah. get the shredder. Like yeah. let's move. I love that whole How about the woman where he takes the glasses off? 
puts up line, but she's not whimpering, she's not quivering, she's not, you, the know, second, you don't get that Hollywood damsel in distress as you put in one of our last ones. Right, the second she gets, the second they get through and she sees them, she just resolves that I'm being caught right now. Yeah. Yeah. Now go into that mode, you yeah. know, and I, I love true, that. True, a, a strong professional there. The one, I guess he's like, he's like the military captain of the crew. I'm going to go out and reason with them. He's... Instantly engulfed by the oh, crowd. Oh yeah, the, like, well, so it's like it's like, it's like, like it's like a guy that goes out in a zombie outbreak and gets yeah. and gets his yes. ripped out. He may yeah. as well have been Paul Blart, dude. <laughs> this guy, the head of security. Hey, yeah, so you know, there's an angry mob coming at you. Oh, Whatever my... you do, don't shoot anyone. Well, I, I yeah, but he saved that. all I, of their lives. I do but, understand that. But then he goes and the tear gas. Only use it if your life depends on it. Then they cut to the guy They're just shooting immediately, bombarding right. them yeah. with tear gas. But, but that. Guy. But, but then, the fucking door. To then just go, wait, wait, like, where are you going? He's like, I'm going to go reason with them. It's like, they're an angry mob. You don't speak the same language. You're going to just go open the door and go out there. Immediately get pummeled, blindfolded, held at gunpoint. And they're like, then he's at the door like, all right, you got to open the door. They're, they're, they got through. Like, I fucked up. Oh, yeah. But, and, but he... By holding back their fire, saved all their lives because if oh. one, he says, if you kill one of them, we're all dead. Yeah. Right. Sure. They they could not use lethal force. Yeah. It was no. out of the question. Yeah. Totally out of the question. We head off to the White House now, and and we get the great Coach Taylor yeah. played by <laughs> the Chief of Staff played by Kyle Chandler. He comes in hot. He's stomping down the hallway doing his thing. Yeah. This is what I mean by the whole like super Hollywoody. It's like oh, the CIA agents coming in. We got to have them. Talk fast, walk through five rooms, bark out some uh, water. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't hate that so much because it's, I mean, the, I would imagine in the war room of, a, of the White House. I would imagine it's a lot like Yeah, there's some, there, these a, guys there's aren't a, sitting there's, around. There's an international crisis on their hands. Yeah, they're moving, they're, they're bouncing from room to room. It was very 24-ish. You know, <laughs> right. so it was, a lot of this movie yeah. was. Yes, it is. But, you know, what? I like 24, so there you go. I do too. And speaking of 24, we get... We get uh, one of the, one of the uh, a twenty four veteran there who played uh, Logan, the one of the vice presidents there. He's in all of the Ben Affleck directed movies. You also may know him as the Man in Black in Lost. Titus Welliver is his name, but he's in he's in every Ben Affleck directed movie. Yeah, it's in town. What have gone? One of his boys. And then we just get like the hard sixty nine days pass. Like boom, they give it. They give us the initial action, and then like all yeah. right, we're moving right on. And it's like the kind of what you were talking about the pacing already in this movie. They kind of just they don't linger around long they're kind of like all right no they don't let on to the next go one. that's what i was trying to have i was having a hard time with like how is kieran going to do the storyboard because nothing's really on screen for very long it's yeah. very boom 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 yeah, it moves we meet ben affleck tony mendez is the character and he's briefed by brian cranston so we're all we're sometimes we're hit by all these tv mvps you know we have yeah. coach taylor from friday night lights we have brian the man in black we have walter white we're getting them one after another here. Cranston is great in this movie. Yeah, I, I love Cranston. In this he's movie. just he adapts to any movie. You could just slide him right in there, and he just plays that calm and intense at the same yeah, time. He great. is just an amazing actor. He really he's is. In, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a guy you hope has his day one day in the on the in the the cinema front. It's oh, tough. The cinema. It's yeah. tough when you when you establish yourself as as here we go. I'm going to say it. Iconic. Television character Walter White, yeah, that is qualifies. you get you know whether whether it's Gandolfini, any of the people in Seinfeld, it's tough to make a transition to movies when you've established yourself as that icon in cinema. He did in, it in TV. He did yeah. it twice with TV. Malcolm in the Middle was very successful. Yeah, it, it was. was. Yeah, it a was. long long running sitcom. Then Ben Affleck's you know kind of waking up with a, he's like waking up in a pile of beer he's cans. Hungover. Or, there's Chinese yeah. food containers. He's and, in a suit that he wore the day before. Right. Yeah. Miller High Life. But like, but that's but we're talking about the scene before where you. 
he'd say in the director's cut, he talks about his alcoholism. But it's easy to say, like, oh, he was just working really long and they just kind of fell asleep at work. It doesn't necessarily mean, mm-hmm. like, because, like, that's how I took it. I didn't take it that he just fell down drunk. I, right. I took it as in well, he just worked his ass off. He just got just got home from somewhere. Like I said, he never out. he never comes off as intoxicated. It's like James Bond. Like, James Bond drinks every movie. Yeah. The, no, he's never buzzed or anything. He's always yeah. just 100% of mind. Yeah. That's kind of how this is. Hashing through all the possible ideas of how they're going to go about all this. They're really half-assed Yeah, and I, I actually liked this, though. Because how many movies, and this is a movie where it does have this fault later on, or like you said, it gets very Hollywood, very very movie, where they could be like sitting around and like, what are we going to do? And the one guy's like, well, we could, oh, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> well, we could, no. And the Ben Affleck's like, Wait a minute. what if we make a movie? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so it, they, they sit around and they honestly I, I hash like, out every possible I do, idea. I do like the scene where they were spitballing. Yes. And but just every idea was just as half baked as the next. It's like <laughs> right. they just were not great ideas and Ben Affleck's like, no, like it's like it's three hundred miles. They can't have them ride a bike. Ben they're Aff- gonna be farmers? Yeah, yeah, farmers? Yeah. What is that there? That's yeah, snow. They're not growing corn right now. Ben yeah. Affleck's character figures out that he knows more than everyone in this room. Yeah. Like a minute into their ideas. Yeah. He's like, You're gonna give them bicycle <laughs> and caterade? Like <laughs> Yeah. It's like you need someone to follow them to like with spare tires. Yeah, he's like it's there's snow on the ground. It's three hundred miles. Like they're riding bicycles. There's, there's no schools open, you know. You can't you can't use that angle. Yeah. And, and I like when they're like, "So, do you have another idea?" He's like, "No." Yeah, that, well, <laughs> he's like, "I was expecting to come in and have you guys have good ideas." Well, that's but what now I, like I have about to do. By the way, that, that's such an arty move. Where, like, <laughs> <laughs> all you do is just shut it up. All you do is just shut out other ideas yeah. without one for yourself. Propose well, no the solution. Oh, I don't know. These are all terrible, though. I'm the holes in the idea guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I'm out of here. I'll, see the, you guys, I'll hear you guys' new ideas tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not the idea guy. I'm the I'm the your idea suck guy. You'll thank me later. <laughs> so I, and I like that there was no resolution at the scene. It was like, right. No, it was, that's I what it. I like. But, yeah. but I feel like that's very accurate in politics. I yeah. feel like there's a lot of times where you just meet, just nothing gets resolved. Yeah, any aspect of yeah. the, the, work, the yeah. working life. Sure. You know? We're going to get him with his son next. And yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I like this scene. I thought it was cute. I'm going to take this time to go back to my director's cut okay. issue with this. Yeah. In the director's cut, you get... So if you remember, there's a scene with the, where he writes the postcard... Yeah, yeah. And he's Mrs. Going, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. There's a scene with him on his phone with his wife. It's a very emotional scene. She's, you know, super pissed at him. And she's like, you're going to be at this birthday. And he's like, I'll do everything I can to be at it. And, and there's this whole big conflict over him having to be at the birthday. And she's kind of like, you know, you're at this birthday or else is kind of what it is. Yeah. And which kind of, the postcard explains that more or less in it. And you get this emotionality between him and his family and the separation of the family the, the toll that being on the road takes on a family. And if are, are either of you guys fans of the show Mindhunter? Or have you seen the yeah, show Mindhunter? I've, seen it. I've never seen it. Yeah. I've so in, it. in the second season of it, one of the main characters, the older FBI guy yeah. of the family, that whole same type of storyline is played out throughout the entire... Right. In the first season too, but mostly in the second season. And you get that really legged out just, 10 it's episodes. Not, it's just not there for his... That there's first family. That's in a ton of cop shows, True Detectives like that. But it's it's done really well in that, and it, and I kind of liked how it was done in Argo. It was one of the things I remembered about this movie. Yeah. And when I watched it, I'm like, what happened to all that stuff? Yeah. So I was a little upset with that. And and the quote that I picked, I think actually thematically ties in with the director's cut, not so much as as the regular version. But um, there was something lacking by this quote. But it was a nice scene with the son. He gets the ultimate parent obstacle in conversation that I'm sure you guys aren't quite at yet, but will be getting soon is, what'd you do in school today? Yeah. Nothing. 
Well, what do you mean nothing? You have something, something has to something have happened. But I mean, every kid's answer to every parent ever when they ask how was yeah. school today, what happened? Nothing. Oh, oh, nothing. My daughter's answers are the funniest things in the world. <laughs> I'm, I'm driving home. I'm like, so how was school? She's like, well, my friend Lily punched me in the face and Jake wouldn't let me share his toy. I'm like, did anything good happen at school? Or, <laughs> like, it sounds like they run a fight club in your four-year-old class. Enjoy yeah. it now. No, I think when she gets to about eight or nine, it's going to be a whole lot of... Mm. Yeah. And I, I think I, I picked her up from daycare today and... It was just like, how did you find me? Because I usually don't pick her up. My mom, the Katie, Katie picks her up. So I figured out, and she's like, how did you find me? I'm like, I dropped you off. Like, I, know where you, I know where you are. So not That's a good. Yeah, not, not that she hasn't spilled the beans yet. I thought it, I, I, the cool thing on this scene is like, the, what are we watching? You know, what are we watching? He goes, yeah, cool. uh, Planet of the Apes, Channel 5, he turns to Channel 5. They're watching it together. It's, 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 nice a, cool, it's a cool moment. And then yeah. it gets Hollywoody for a split second. They zoom in on his eyes, and they zoom in yeah. on the makeup, you and see, then he shows up the next day. He's like, I got so it. Basically, We're doing a movie. Yeah. Basically, they do everything but like a light bulb going off. Right. Yeah. So the significance of the Planet of the Apes there is in the next scene, we're going to be introduced to John Goodman's character. Yeah. And the real life, that character that he plays did Planet of the Apes. So he was oh, the makeup okay. artist in Planet of the Apes. So oh, that's kind of a little of a shout out okay. homage to him. But yeah, we get the, the Minotaur scene where uh, he's... he's if, had, he, if he could act, he wouldn't be a Minotaur. He wouldn't be a Minotaur. Every yeah. line John Goodman has is good. Like every line yeah, he's he has great. is very John Goodman's great in this movie. And, and he's so happy the whole movie. Yeah, he's just... He's elated. He's like, oh, yeah, he's into yeah. the right place. <laughs> but he also has that washed up tone to him too where it's kind of like, it's like, he's not too excited. You right. Know? He's like... He's jovial, but not too excited. It's kind of like I think I think he's happy because you see him. He's working on this, you know, this second-rate sci-fi movie. I think he's excited to do something that matters and yeah. like work with the CIA. He's and, just collecting money with no enthusiasm. Yeah, I, I now think, he gets I think to put he, some care. I think in. he looks. I think he looks forward to doing something important, doing yeah. something meaningful. He has a super <laughs> lame joke in there too, which is like the typical Hollywood stuff we were talking before. No, it's just like the, the director. Oh. Thing. You're a liar. Well, welcome to Hollywood. You'll fit Wait, right in. No, I have, I have the oh, quote. I have he's the quote. got it. All right, here we go. Oh, so you want to come to Hollywood and act like a big shot? Yeah. Without actually doing anything? Yeah. All right, you'll fit right in. Uh, yeah, I love that one. <laughs> My third runner-up for that, quote think, of the movie. I think that was, a, that was a trailer line, if I remember correctly. Was it? Yeah. yeah. The Hollywood stuff about this movie was the least interesting part of it to I, me. I, yeah. I thought it was... I mean, it was, it was lame and kind of formulaic, but... I feel like John Goodman and Alan Arkin were great enough in this movie where I was, I, I liked seeing them on camera. Well, Alan seeing, Arkin was fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I liked. I Oscar, liked. In my opinion. I liked seeing Oscar nominee. Yeah, I liked. I liked. I liked seeing that whole thing play out because I just like. I just like them. So this is what I was afraid of. Uh oh. I thought Alan Arkin was terrible. Okay. Wow. Well, I I kind of didn't dig John Goodman. I, so we're we're on the opposite ends of that. So I guess that maybe where I was able to roll my eyes at some of the Goodman stuff, you got that out of your way with Arkansas. I I got the vibe that he wasn't even acting. He's just being Alan Arkin. He's up there. It's almost like every shot, they're like, okay, cut. And he's like, all right, we got it. Great. I'm off. I'm having lunch. I'm having a drink. But like they never gave, he never gave them a second chance to do another take. Seems like he kind of just threw it out there and mailed it in. And hmm, really? I don't, wow. I, there was a, but he also has one of my favorite scenes in the movie where he sells the, he convinces the guy to sell him the script for Argo. Great scene. Great that monologue is, 
is yep. amazing. Through the cataracts, mind you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, with yeah. all due respect. Yeah, at the, Richard, yeah him and Richard Kind going back and forth. Right. Richard Kind's a great character great. actor. Most, most well known as Larry David's cousin, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. In I, I, may, I may or may not have recast him as well later on. Okay, okay. all right. And I, and, I, and I knew I'd find a Burn Notice veteran in there somewhere. <laughs> He's a reoccurring character on Burn Notice. But I really but, just felt like Alan Arkin just kind of was like, blah. Like I, he, I, I, loved, I felt like it was Alan Arkin yeah. just doing things. Like, okay, I so, Alan Arkin. Yeah, I loved it, him in this too. I, I liked the Oscar nominee just because I thought he added a saltiness to the character that could have been so cheesy and lame because I don't think that his script was great. Like I think the, the what he had to deliver could have been botched so easily, which you thought it was botched anyway. So I th- and I, I think I, his I, presentation comes off as like he's kind of laughing while he's in the scene about how bad the line is that he's reading, and it comes off. I get the vibe that he's like, it seems like he's half-assing it, like he's not yeah, fully see, into it. I got it. that from Goodman. I got that from Goodman when I watched it the first time, and then the second time through, I warmed up to him a little, a little bit. And it's like, all right, well, you know, fine. And then I saw the actual guy, and it looks exactly, exactly like, like John oh, Goodman. Yeah. Then I'm like, all right, when you have a guy that looks like John Goodman in, in this story, <laughs> yeah. you have to cast John yeah, Goodman. Exactly. To do it. So like, yeah. I, I kind of laid off him a little bit there. I was gonna say that before. It's, it's basically identical to John Goodman, the guy, yeah. the real guy. I, I, I liked the two of them together, though. I liked, I, I, I liked, I liked their, I liked their dynamic a lot. I liked I liked that a lot. Yeah. I thought I thought I there's the scene where when Alan Arkin and Ben Affleck talk about their families and how they're both kind of in this they're both kind of in the same situation where work gets in the way. That's my and quote. kind of mess, messed up everything. Yeah, that's my quote. And let's do it now. Why not? I mean, sure. you know, I guess he's asking about his family. I yeah, I got two daughters, you know, and Ben Affleck says I have a, a you know I have a wife and a daughter. Wife and and son. he a wife and son right, and he goes you know, Affleck says to to. Arkin, you know, what happened? And this is my quote, Arkin's quote. The bullshit business is like coal mining. You come home to the wife and kids and you can't wash it off. Mm -hmm. And I loved that coming from the Arkin character to the Affleck character with all the problems that we see that Affleck's having at home. It's the same same thing. Yeah, it's a... I thought it played a nice thematically, which was lost when they cut it because a couple of test audiences were sleeping <laughs> during the movie or something. It just drives me nuts with that. You know, let's make a movie. We can't. Well, we can't have anything be over two hours anymore these days. You know, I mean, I wanted to be. I wanted it to be a, a, a spy movie. But what's this shit about his family? Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. But yeah, and and that you know the bullshit business. I just like how it's not about like well Hollywood. In Hollywood, you know, this is... No, no, because the bullshit business could be a traveling salesman. It could be a military guy. It could be a professional athlete. It could be... be, It could be anything. Yeah, Yeah. but when you're out living in the bullshit, you know, schmoozing with this guy, talking to that guy, selling something to this guy, doing this Mm -hmm. to that guy, trying to play some kind of political game, and then you have to come home and be a father and a husband, it's just... It's not so easy. Right. And I I like that line a lot. And I liked that it was kind of like a... A serious line from a character who wasn't so serious too often in the movie, um, but was still kind of delivered in that kind of sharp. He delivered. Way. I think. I, well, it came off to me as he delivered that in a very like. Well, I was a terrible father, like very matter of fact. Yeah. Like, oh, that's well, yeah, but I mean, he's also had many years to kind of realize. No, I'm not knocking that oh, okay. delivery. That th- he has a few scenes where I really like him, and yeah. then the rest of it, I just like the John Goodman stuff, like. Seems like they're just like, all right, guys, riff. Yeah. Like, yeah. just riff. We'll film you, and we'll just make something out of it. The scene that you brought up, Artie, with him and Richard Kind, 
playing poker, Hollywood poker over yeah. the, the script and how much money he's going to spend I, I love it. it. He's, yeah. like, he's like, I arranged this meeting so I can say no to your face. <laughs> oh, thank Very kind of you. Thank very, you. Yeah, very, very respectful. Yeah. Very respectful. <laughs> yeah, just the two of them going chest to chest. It was, yeah, it was a lot good. of fun. A lot of fun. So <laughs> Ben Affleck moves a script aside, a script aside, yeah. and there it is. Now it's... In the black casing, yeah. Argo. And now we have our movie title... And the whole deal there. Kind of a, a you know, they get the old funny scramble, the, the line reading with all the characters, and the they have to basically create some press around it. So I, I did I did like that scene a lot. I like that too. I think that might that might I think that is my favorite scene of the movie where you have this big production and drinks flowing and, and Van Halen's playing all this stuff. Great like, song selection. Yeah. I was gonna say the yeah. music in this movie is awesome. What yeah. a great Van Halen song, by yeah, the way. It's it really is. It, I feel like I was singing along both times that watch this. Oh, it's not to the same level, but it almost felt a little bit like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A little because you have like these songs that just kind of match the scene perfectly. Yeah, they put you in the year. Drive, yeah, they drive yeah, and it's it's so kind of perfect. Two Hollywoody things kind of got glossed over that I wanted to bring up. So similar to him watching Planet of the Apes and getting the idea and looking through. When they first try to talk to Alan Arkin, he's like, All right, I'll think about it. And then the news is on. Yeah. He sees a clip. A second later, he's like all right, we're going to need a script. Like, he's right into it. This yeah. is like the fourth time this has happened, and we're an hour into the movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, I, I think that's probably why Affleck was frustrated when they said he had to cut ten minutes. He's like, come on, I'm... We're moving at a pretty steady pace here, scene to scene. I'm not dragging a lot of time doing right. you know, these and guys. And two are... hours and ten minutes is not over. I, I really it's not know, over. should have kept of, that in. You know, I'm kind of blown away that just taking out a few scenes can really change the whole tone of a movie. Oh my yeah, god, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's like, like, it can, yeah, I guess. Well, I, I, this makes me want to see the director's cut now. Yeah, I, I, re, I would encourage anyone who hasn't seen this movie that's along with us for whatever reason it should, should should get the extension. It's available on Amazon Prime, okay. same price. It's like it's. Eight minutes more. I mean, yeah. it's like it's really not a big... I could definitely see that taking away from the pace of the movie, though. But what we do, yeah, sure, but what, what I, you lose in pace, you add in depth. I would, I would, I would rather have more. I would rather have more character development yeah. than take a second to. That's just that's me. Yeah. So that scene was my favorite scene, but more specifically the table read scene. The table, yeah, the, the table read scene. But so you have this waiter go, and, and you know you have all these people in costumes, and like you know, like, like I said before, Van Halen's playing and. And uh, it's just it's a big party, and then you have the the waiter come around, gets the empty, he gets the drink, and he goes back into the kitchen, and they're watching the footage of the Iranian hostages, and then it cuts to their awful existences right now, like at, at the moment, and they do like the fake execution, and they're sleeping on bunks, the splicing of all that together, and, great and, tone, and just and how like kind of the dialogue of the table reads kind of match. With the sentiments of the Iranians, yep. and it, it yeah, kind of, it kind of things together, it there. kind of fits perfectly, and that and and that to me, it's kind of sums up the movie. Yeah. To me, if there was a theme, it would be it would be that the recreation of history and movie, in, yeah. and what they do that in the ending credits where they it, show it, each. It, Kyle Chandler, the chief of staff, yeah. Coach Taylor, looks Almost exactly the worst, like the, the chief worst, of staff. The worst recast is Ben Affleck. Yeah, he's, if you look at if you look at Tony, right, yeah. if you look at real Tony Mendez, he's the one that looks the least like anybody. Right. Well, Ben Everyone Affleck is is a six five movie star, and Mendez is a five seven Hispanic man, so <laughs> they're not yeah. they're like anything alike. Well, I, yeah. Well, no, apparently there there was like some was some pushback on Ben Affleck being Tony Mendez because he wasn't. Yeah, because he wasn't of Mexican descent. I don't think in twenty twenty he would be allowed to do <laughs> well, it. Well, yeah, that, that, I'll, I'll I'll hit on that. I'll hit down on the uh, the recast. Okay, but. Uh, let's talk about Ben Affleck's character, though. Oh, well, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Let's talk through. about old Ben Affleck's character here. What, what did you think of his of his portrayal here? Obviously not not nominated for actor. Uh, wasn't nominated for director. We'll talk about that because that's a big conversation too and we'll get more to the end of this. I, I think, like I, like I said early on in this, I think he did exactly what was expected of him in this movie. Where he wasn't this... He wasn't this lead to carry the movies. The, the, the movie's carried by the story. So he's basically like this blank slate. I mean, it do, he does act. He does emote and, and everything like that. He's not, he's not RoboCop. But like, he's, he, I think it's, it's kind of his thing to kind of be a little bit more, a little bit more subdued and, and kind of let, let the yeah, story speak I, for I itself. I thought he made a great choice of dialing down yeah. in this movie. One, he, he, he was a very subdued yeah. performance. He kind of went easy with it. There were moments of, there were aha moments and I'm the hero moments, but he was, yeah. his acting was like he stepped back. So now remember, he's a CIA agent. They are taught to emotionally regulate. Like oh, yeah. you can't go up and down and have highs and lows. You get bad news, you just stare. Like he gets the, at the end of the movie, they find out he doesn't have the tickets. He's like, can you please try again? Like, <laughs> like I'd be like, oh, what do you mean? I don't, I don't have a reservation. Like, but he just keeps it together. He knows yeah. it's a bad situation. He's like, please try again. Yeah. So that's kind of the character is, is just very emo- emotionless. Yeah. That's he's doing his job. There, there was one part where um, when he gets the facts from the Iranian consulate, they're like, oh, we want to take you to the bazaar. So he mm-hmm. calls Cranston, and Cranston's like, well, don't fucking do that because yeah. it's, <laughs> really, you know? it's suicide. But then he get, then, then Ben Affleck gets mad. And I was like, the only time I'm like, oh, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't great. But like, that was, the only, that was really the only time where it kind of, kind of really took me out of the movie. Yeah. But like I, I, I felt like otherwise Affleck did exactly what was needed of his character, and I think yeah. that's something taking them to the, the, the bazaar is was necessary for the plan to work. Yeah, I think it was. I think Affleck was right in doing it. Yeah, and and not to harp on it, but if you get those extra scenes, you see the emotionality inside, what his exterior, yeah, his, his subtle exterior about what he's dealing with his family, which which makes that final scene of him embracing his wife much more impactful. But while we're uh, while we're chatting all Ben Affleck, so about what we're sipping on today. Oh. Uh, Artie, why don't you uh, go first? I am doing the Montauk Session IPA. All right, Montauk back in the mix. A favorite there. Yeah. Uh, I have the, uh, right now I've got a Blue Point, the IPA. That's what it's called. I didn't forget the, the name IPA, of it. The IPA, yeah. It's called the IPA. It's pretty good. And I just finished a uh, Citrus Plunge IPA, which was also tasty. The old Blue Point Brewery. Yeah. And I have another Long Island beer, where we got Long Island beers across the board. And I had the Oyster Bay Brewing Company Barn Rocker Ale. It is ah, the New playoffs. York Islanders session ale as the New York Islanders embark on their journey through this modified Kieran, hide your boner. <laughs> <laughs> this modified Stanley Cup playoffs. They're up three games I, to one. They almost swept the old Capitals. Hopefully they don't have to I, epic I, collapse here. But. I uh, put in a very half-assed attempt to find like an Iranian beer. Yeah, and I didn't even that. bother. I couldn't time. find anything out of like Washington, D.C., I'm so pumped I just, on my Islanders. I had, I had these. Uh, I had these lying around. I'm like, yeah, no, these. Are- yeah, why not? Did I say session India Pale Ale? I meant session Iranian Pale Ale. Ooh, uh, yeah, but I'm I'm just real big on my old. That would get something. <laughs> oh, we <laughs> got something. <laughs> real big on my old Islanders. Grant actually right now, left so. the room. If you can't say. <laughs> and uh, we are going to discuss Ben Affleck's career here. We're going to go through the old filmography yeah. and uh, kind of mix and match what we want. I do want to. There's one last scene because right before he goes to Iran that I want to bring up here, just because there's two other familiar faces in this one. I love this scene. And yeah, yeah he, he goes 
Cranston and Affleck go to. This is my quote movie. of the movie. Goes, ah, then we have the same. But this, this is this was my second quote. This too, is so my quote of the movie. This, this was an honorable mention. Yeah, because this yeah. is just He's fantastic. And Cranston in. just delivers it so well. It's almost like he made it up, and it Perfect. was just so spot on. They're Perfect. like, all right, go with this. Yeah. He, they're about to walk in to talk to these these two old guys, which is was one the warden from Shawshank. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. So they're and what they are is they're the secretary of state office, right. pretty much is what they're. They what have they to give a go to. on the whole operation. Yes. They've been listening to every idea. They yep. pick one idea and go, okay, we're going. So give, give us the quote first. So the quote is Brian Cranston's leading Ben Affleck into the room to talk to these two old guys, and he goes. Brace yourself. It's like talking to those two old fucks from the Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, then they show their faces, and I'm like, wow, oh, what a call. Yeah, just, it's like two, talking to two old fucks from the Muppets. Yeah. The two underrated characters of the Muppets, too, by the way. Oh, Wald- so, Waldorf and... Statler uh, and Waldorf. Yeah. Statler two and Waldorf. Killers. The great... Again, it's just like, takes you... It's the um, it's the old breaking the fifth wall. Is it, what yeah. the hell are we watching here? Oh. It wasn't half bad. No, it was all bad. <laughs> <laughs> Love those guys. <laughs> and we have Cranston here with in the scene two big Seinfeld vets here. Cranston yeah. plays the dentist. Yes. With the uh the dentist who Jerry thinks is drugging him and, and he's the anti dentite. The anti dentite, right? Yeah. Yep. And he has the with the porno magazines in the uh <laughs> yes. in the reception office. And the uh one of the Secretary of State guys there plays the library police. Yeah, the when, one that the one that's not the Shawshank. War. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the other yeah. one. He's he's also a doctor in Kirby Enthusiasm. Okay, who drools? Okay, uh, but he's the he is the library police <laughs> coming after Jerry, because yeah. he's got. Let me tell you something, my friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think it's a joke? It's not a joke. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Great. The uh, the book that's been missing for twenty years or something. <laughs> yeah. It's the overdue library yeah, they, they, book. with the um, Tropic of Cancer or something. Yeah, like right. That. right yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's fantastic. And then you have Bob Guten. Of yeah. of Shawshank fame, yeah. the warden himself. Or am I being too obtuse? Classic, awesome. classic. Just rewatched Shawshank again the other day. But yeah. one of the most rewatched movies. There will be a Shawshank episode coming up eventually for just no reason other than we want to. But uh, <laughs> I, I mean, we couldn't give my my guy, the warden here, more than one line though. You know what happened to the bicycle idea? Yeah, yeah that's his only line <laughs> that's in the whole a, that's movie. A good line, though. And and this movie is a movie for the boys here. 127 speaking parts in this movie. 127 different actors have speaking parts. He's just getting, you're in the movie, and you're in the movie, and you're in the movie. And they're all like well-known actors. Right? Yeah, there's always, a lot of that every, guys. Like everybody that has on, you're like, I've seen him in like three other things. Yeah. yeah, yeah. back to the whole Hollywoody thing. The cast is another reason. Like, I feel like the Academy made this movie. Like they're like you're in it, 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 you're in it. Like with everyone, and then they a add all these TV elements. Stars though, it's not like a ton of movie stars. Like you get a ton of even John Goodman's a TV star. They're all recognizable faces. Yes, a lot of recognizable sure. faces. And you don't know where you know them from, but you know them. Like I that think there's kind of well, thing. the other the other guy from the CIA, um, the younger guy. Yeah, uh, Chris Messina from the newsroom. Right, right, and uh, right, and then Cena. there's also there's also uh, Zelichko. Ivanik, who is just another I mean, you, you say he's the name and no one knows it that guy, yeah. but he's in the first season of 24 he's in I think the J is silent I think it's Velko <sighs> well we know how we do with this uh, already so already the, the Russian miner over here um and Duh. <laughs> also in uh Hannibal he's like the he's uh, Gary Oldman's guy's like right hand man in oh, okay that. And in a classic episode of The X-Files, he's he's a, a, a Rain Man-style janitor. There's a, I feel like there's a movie where Roland he plays... Roland is the episode. He's yeah. in Three Billboards, he's in In Burgess. Oh, what the fuck? 
He is in, yeah, in Bruges. Yeah, yep. he, he plays a Canadian. Uh, he plays a, Can- a Canadian traveler or something like that. Twelve monkeys. In Bruges is a ver- twelve monkeys. Yep. That's the one. He's a little like, oh, it's, it's, slimy. It's, it's, uh, it's also in, in the Born Legacy. In Bruges, not in Bruges. In, in, I've always wondered how to say that. It's in yeah. Bruges. Bruges, and that's a really good movie. And then again, another TV veteran, as we said. In addition yeah, to twenty four, it's House Numbers Heroes Suits like Lost. He plays in you know and. Uh, and he plays that that great character Roland in the in that X Files episode. Hundred twenty seven speaking parts. I thought that was cool, and I like I like the idea of getting all these TV vets and throwing them in the mix. I guess already that took you out of it a little bit, but let's. It just added to the whole Hollywoody feel. We're gonna talk Ben Affleck now, and what a wild career Ben Affleck had, indeed. Ups downs, a true roller coaster. Yeah. Started at the old bottom and and climbed his way up to the top and his talent was hidden for a long time, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he started at the top and then found the bottom and then got back to the top. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess his, his big start was more behind the scenes with with uh, Goodwill Hunting. Right? Yeah, with, just, with the writing of it. Well, I guess, but was uh, like Morris was before that, right? Well, yeah, so, so we're going to start. We're going to start from the start. When he was in that uh, that after school special movie where he was on steroids. <laughs> He does start off on a bunch of TV stuff. Dark End of the Street, Voyage of the Mimi, ABC After School Specials, yeah. Hand of the Stranger. Buffy the Vampire Second Slayer. Voyage he of Mimi. He was Mimi. a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's right. He's uh, uncredited in the Field of Dreams. He's just a baseball fan at yeah. Fenway Park. I guess he gets his face in there. That's his first Buffy Boston Buffy the Vampire movie. Slayer is your Oh, brother. that's his first Boston movie. Yeah, his first taste of the old Boston ties that we're going to see in here. But his first real major movie is in a movie called School Ties. I don't know what that is. Oh, that's movies. That's movie's great. Have you seen School Ties? Yeah, it's an awesome movie. It's um, like a 1950s boarding school where your uh, your boy Brendan Fraser okay. is, a, uh, is a star football player who's Jewish. He goes to this waspy Connecticut boarding school and he has to hide that he's Jewish. Mm-hmm. And um, this group of like, you know, the, the popular guys led by Matt Damon... Um, he eventually starts rubbing them the wrong way because of everyone's giving Brendan Fraser all this attention, and there's a cheating scandal on a test, and yeah, huh. he's one of those. Guys. And also, it's Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, and the uh, the big redheaded guy in Good Will Hunting. The other friends, that's yeah, Cole Hauser, right? Yeah, yeah, Cole Hauser. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, next is Days and Confused. He's this is a fantastic bully in it. You know, the old oh, no yeah. more Mister Nice Guy with the paddles. Yeah. Takes it way too seriously. Oh yeah, <laughs> just really. Love this is we're getting we're getting dialed up to ten after. And his, this his name is just like O'Banion. O'Banion, yeah, yeah, O'Banion. It's like it's such like a it's such a dumb goon name. It's yeah. right. <laughs> Here comes O'Banion. It's like O'Doyle. Yeah, yeah. No more, Mr. Nice Guy. Classic scene, classic montage of just this, yeah. just this smacking them. I remember watching that movie the first time, and that scene, I was like, "What is this? This is so weird." It's like spanking. Yeah, yeah. like this is how like, this was... is really aggressive. Yeah, yeah like he's not... hitting him. Yeah, In- interesting look in twenty twenty. And then we're talking more TV stuff here. Against the grain, life stories of family cards, glory days. Grant days spelled D A Z E. Was this I remember... another? <laughs> All right, here's here's something about glory days. Where I remember like walking around Blockbuster, like walking through the comedy section, and there's a movie called Glory Days. I'd say, and it's like, it's like a, like a picture of like a like a an old timey school building, you know, like some like, you know, some like college campus built in the 1800s or something. 
And there's just Ben Affleck's face just like superimposed on top of it. <laughs> like he probably had like French a, Stewart. He probably had like a really tiny role, but they like, oh, Ben Affleck's a big star now. Let's just put him on the cover, even right. though he has nothing to do with this movie. Uh, French Stewart and, yeah. uh, and a young Sam Rockwell in that one. Sam Rockwell, one of the better actors. It's a star studded cast. Yeah. And uh, about Days and Confused, the, the guy from Days and Confused is in this in Argo. Cole, Cole Hauser. Oh, oh, oh who? no, um, the guy who plays Slater. You know, catch you later. Is he really? He's one of the six. I'll give you shotgun, but it's only only because I'm not gonna be in the car. <laughs> That's him. He reminds me of Cheech. Yeah. Because he looked familiar. I was like, yep, fuck, yep. where do I know this guy from? Yeah, they gave him like no lines so in this movie. Would, yeah, I think that added to the Hollywoody feel too, is like everyone is recognizable. Yeah. Like you, you don't know where you know, but you know everyone. Well, Except guy, for the four of the hostages. Well, that, the, one guy, the one guy we'll uh, plays like the asshole hostage. Right. Um, he's, he's in a few Affleck movies. Is that right? He gets, just keeps the he's, boys. He's in, and that was probably like he just called his buddy up and he's like, hey, he's still uh, acting. He's, he's uh, I got a role for you. He's in Batman v Superman. Okay. He's in Gone Girl. This guy's Scoot, Scoot McNary. That's, his, that's the actor's name. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if we, since we've already got the Batman bomb now, great. Sorry. So if we want to talk Batman references, we do not have to go very far in this movie. No, I got Batfleck. Well, the two producers are two Batman veterans. Yeah, and Chris, Ben Affleck himself, and, yeah, including and, and well, and Chris Terrio, Chris Terrio, wrote, he wrote yep. wrote uh, Justice League or Dawn. both. He wrote both. He, of them? he both. He wrote Batman. Those are Superman. not good writing credits. <laughs> Those are not good movies. And uh, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that, that, was, that wasn't a good one either. Yeah. So hey, he got his Oscar on his first movie in Rand. So. Yeah, you know, good for him. Do it. I like all those movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We right. go from glory days. <laughs> I think that's the end of Grant and I's friendship. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not. I'm not going to watch that like I did Battleship. <laughs> we go to glory days to glory days to another Ben Affleck role that has not aged well, and that's Shannon and Mallrats, the uh, yeah. the statutory rapist in Mallrats. Yeah, hilarious uh, character. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it works at the. Uh, he's just. Play, he, I like this so, like heel role he plays. He's in his so early good part. at being. Douchey, like just totally just douchey. Just a meathead. Yeah. yeah, the guy in Mallrats is the same character as Days and Confused. Pretty much, yeah, just like an older version of him. It's like a bully, like a, yeah, the, yeah, like, just, yeah, he's... yeah. Chasing Amy's next. Chasing Amy is a movie that I have never seen. Believe yeah, me neither. I, I like that movie. Seven, yeah, I, I, I know you're seen, into all the Kevin Smith. Movies, I haven't but. seen. I haven't seen Chasing Amy since like 2004, maybe. I don't know how well it's aged, but I mean, at the time it was it was. Praised. I want to say it was up. It for was pra- like, It was praised by the by the uh, something. by the uh, um, LGBTQ uh, Q community. It was nominated for a Golden Globe. Yeah, a Golden Globe, not an Oscar. Yeah, Affleck's good in that. Going all the way is next. Anybody? Anybody? Bueller. Mm-mm. And then we have Good Will Hunting. He plays Chucky. He yeah. uh, wins the Oscar, the writing Oscar, writing for Oscar this, right. with with Matt Damon. Um, <laughs> I got a line for you. <laughs> hey, go ahead and add my name to that, right? <laughs> Goodwill Hunting is, dude. It's a movie that's honestly, I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's one of my all-time favorites. That movie does a phenomenal job at giving you all the feels. Oh, like, you feels. feel like a human just listening to someone tell a story about their life, and you feel it. Like yeah. it's Rob, Robin Williams is. Oh, Robin Williams. That's his best. That's his best. I heard someone say that they didn't think he deserved the Oscar. It should have gone to blah, blah, blah. 
Are you kidding yeah, me? Blah, blah, like, blah, blah, what, what, a, what a cold take. Like, no, this that's, is a, that's a bad one. Who, did, who doesn't that, love that, the idea that he that got an Oscar for that? That Park Bench scene alone is yeah. just... Oh. This is unbelievable. And who expected when you watch that movie to see Robin Williams act that way? Like he really blew it away. Like there's yeah. scenes where the camera's on his face for like two minutes. And he's just emoting and, yeah. and oh, it's reading just, monologues. It's, 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 brilliant. it's the peak of a wonderful career. Yeah. And just uh, again, if you watch that movie and don't feel anything, you should probably get checked out. Yeah, it's it's just, talk to yeah. someone. That is a great movie. Then he really. This is where Ben Affleck hits his peak right here with Phantoms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have oh, you seen no. Phantoms? I have not. Already, have you seen Phantoms? Oh, a long time ago, but I don't remember it because I shut it off. It was so bad. Mm. Yeah, I, I got it's it. It's Dean Koontz's novel. All right, already a bad start. Yeah, he's you know <laughs> you know bogus Stephen King. Yeah, as a big Stephen King fan, I don't think I need to say how I feel about. Yeah, Dean let's Koontz. just move past Dean Koontz onto his. <laughs> On the, the Michael Bay masterpiece. It's the other Family Guy thing. Oh my God! Are you, are you, you hit Stephen, Stephen King? King? No, Dean Koontz. Oh, you put it in reverse and run back over him. Uh, okay, so next we're at Armageddon. And now Armageddon is one that I watched this week in preparation okay. for this. Um, this. This Armageddon propelled him to A-list. He, he was, he was yeah. hovering. He was hovering and then he took a rocket ship. Yeah. Michael Bay tends to do that. Yeah, 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 and it's, I mean, that whole Oscar scene of him winning with Goodwill Hunting and all that, that kind of put him in the public eye, and, and this, it was already kind of a familiar face, and yeah, yeah, this was, this, this is now, this you're, a, you're a lead in, this in a Hollywood movie, movie star. And this may be a ridiculous take, but there's good acting in Armageddon. There's it's really fun, good acting in Armageddon, man. It, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a fun movie. It made more money than most, like, countries have in their economy. Like it, it was, was it's a mega blockbuster. Mega. I think I read it actually would have cost less to go to an asteroid than it did to film that <laughs> I, movie. <laughs> I believe that's I, real. I don't doubt that. <laughs> it's I don't doubt that. It's a it's a real fun movie. Anytime you get like the assemble assemble all the guys for, to get some rag, done, ragtag ragtag group. You bring God, them, Michael bring the Bay team does together. that so well. I don't know how he's. he's he does that, but he really does the camaraderie and building. The, he does that, the, uh, in every movie, and it's worth. If you guys, if you guys have never checked it out, you can probably find it on YouTube. Is the Ben Affleck commentary on Armageddon? I've heard big things about this. Oh my god! Does Michael Bay like yell at him in the yeah, middle of the commentary? No, because he's like, because basically, he's like, they're going through the scene where they're, they're trading the drillers to be astronauts. He's like. Michael, wouldn't it be easier just to train astronauts to drill? He's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then, like, they're, they're, doing, they're, doing the, they're going over the scene where, like, you know, it's like, it's magic hour over the entire country, basically. There's American flags waving, and Affleck's like, all right, here's your Budweiser commercial. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I took out of watching this movie, it's I thought it was really cool seeing Steve Buscemi in a blockbuster in, like, a heroic semi-major role. Like, yeah. he's usually... He's, like, an indie supporting character right. who's usually he's a bad guy. Yeah. And, God, I'm gonna say this, but his character has an arc. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. I mean, it, he plays it, an absolute creep. Yeah. You know, sure. but... It, um, Isn't he an absolute creep? Like he yeah, looks I guess like that's his, his role. Yeah, but he's, he's usually... He's either, like, a, a villain in an indie movie or, like, a comedic... A comedic guy in the mix. It was just really right. cool seeing him, like... 
Like, wow, they called on Steve Buscemi to be in the middle he, of this he was, blockbuster. He was, he, was like, he was an absolute, he was like a MIT He's like the smartest genius. person on the planet. Yeah. yeah. And then he has, he, has a, he has a fucking meltdown on an yeah. asteroid. Yeah, right. And starts firing a, a, a <laughs> minigun. Oh, like space sickness or whatever yeah. he got. He's like, I just want to feel the power between my legs, you know? Yeah. His character, <laughs> like the, the writer, how do you write that character? In the middle of the room, you're like, you know what? How about he just loses it? We go yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a Michael Bay movie. Yeah. But uh, we also get they to see him. They stopped writing. <laughs> They're like, we got most of it. We'll just wing the rest. Like we, see him, yeah. we, we see him in Con Air, but he's a, he's a bad guy in Con he's Air. Creep. He's one of the, he's, yeah, he's, he's a creep. creep. But he's, he also has like, he's he, has, he has an arc too. He has an arc, man. The guy's a good actor, man. He's a great, he's a great. Right. So I want to I wanna talk about Armageddon here for a second. Okay. It's just a conversation I've been wanting to have with you already for years. Come right. at me, bro. And we're going we're gonna to do this now. Okay. Coming at you like an asteroid. You I have mean. long been known as an anti-Aerosmith guy. Yep. And your outspoken nature toward the song, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, mm-hmm. has been boisterous, hostile, and I think erroneous. Do you mind if I give my quick take so the audience I, I would like this, and about? I'm ready for you, so let's All go. All right, so real quick. For a legendary rock band... To have their best-selling song ever be a pop song written by another person is lame. That's not rock and roll. Okay. That's lame. Okay. And this is obviously a take that you've had for years that, yeah. I, that I want to respond to here. I will say I'm not crazy about Aerosmith either. Okay. And, and you're, you're, I, whether you like the band, you don't like the band is one thing. But the, the whole idea that not only is this not an epic song mm-hmm. that is implanted in all of our minds and I like is still... Song blasts at bars that people sing along with today. Okay, it wasn't written by Aerosmith. You know who it was written by? Diane Warren, who has been nominated for 11 Oscars, who has written, written epic songs, including the Con Air song, which the only reason that didn't win was because it went up against the Titanic song, and it won a, it won a Grammy, How Do I Live? Wasn't that re-recorded by... Popularized by Leanne Rimes and and also Trisha Yearwood. Okay. But written by by Diane Warren. Okay. And went up against the Titanic song that it lost. And the fact that this song lost this year in an Oscar, and it's not a who should have won Oscar. Okay, here's one that should have won. It's a disgrace. It loses to the Prince of Egypt song. The cartoon uh, about Moses that no, nobody would know that song anywhere. Well, it probably lost because Aerosmith performed it. Uh, okay, all right. So here's my point with the Aerosmith thing. Okay, they didn't write the song. Okay, you have a movie here in Armageddon, which is at the time the highest grossing movie or one of the highest grossing movies that come out. You have this Aerosmith theme nature to it. You have his daughter in the movie. You have one of the best songwriters in cinema history write a song. And we're going to put our... Aerosmith into this movie as a character in the movie, the fact that that would be some kind of black mark on them as rock and roll artists, to me, is completely and utterly absurd. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to go after Don't Want to Miss a Thing, because I feel like that happens all the time with someone who writes a song and, and gets re-recorded by a popular artist. I'm not going to get it. But what, um, I don't like that Aerosmith is all over the movie. Yeah, okay, I mean, that's, but that's... I, I know, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the point you're making. I'm just throwing my two cents in. That song that when they're at the strip club... I want to throw myself in front of a train right here, but that's... Well, yeah, you, that's don't, ne- that's, you don't care for Aerosmith. That's, Aerosmith. that's near the here there. There is... Aerosmith was part of our culture in the 90s, part of, and, and it was the, kind of the later part of their career. They have different it was, it aspects was, it was their, to their It was their second win, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, a, a lot of us remember those, those Alicia Silverstone videos in the early 90s, mm-hmm. and then, obviously, Liv Tyler going mm-hmm. on, and... and 
her presence in this movie, Aerosmith's presence in this movie, and the fact that this song has lived on to today, where if it's coming on a random jukebox at a random bar, there's some college girl screaming along to it. And this movie came out over 20 years ago. Yeah. And, and the song did too. I, I just, I, the fact that it's not a, a great song... And the fact that the fact they didn't write it is a part of that. I don't get. I just don't understand. You're, you're, those are two points that are not <clears throat> mutually exclusive. The song's good. For it, for Aerosmith to have their best song be a song written by someone else their is biggest, lame as a rocks as a rock band, right? So their biggest commercial hit, not the best song, is subjective. Fine, their only commercial hit in air quotes after this is like jaded. So there's nothing. It's I the know. end of Sweet Emotion isn't a commercial hit. No, no, no. Dream after on. this. After oh, oh, this. This is the end of their career. This That's is the culmination so the last, of an incredible career. So the last song in their career is their biggest blockbuster song, and they didn't write it, is not super rock and roll. Like Led Zeppelin, that's like Led Zeppelin's last song being their biggest song, and they stole it from someone else. Or, well, or someone else wrote it. Led Zeppelin did steal a lot of songs. They okay. did, but everyone <laughs> steals songs. I'm not going to get into that point. I'm just going to say it's lame. It's lame. Okay, if if Aerosmith released an album in 1998 that's going to be their comeback album or their next big album, and they, lead, and they lead with the single that they didn't write because they need a little extra juice. Guys, we're, we're really cramping to write a song right here. Can, 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 we, uh, can we dig up Diane Warren somewhere? That's not what happened. My, Michael Bay is creating what he wants to be one of the biggest blockbusters of all time. He wants to bring in one of the biggest rock bands of all time. He brings in the best songwriter in movie history. He puts them all in a giant vessel together, and this is what you get. Aerosmith didn't need this. Aerosmith joined on with the, with the team that was going to create this, and this is what came out of it, and, it's, and it is an epic, there's the word epic, but there, it is an epic song, an iconic song. Echoic. <laughs> that has that has lived on longer than the movie has. To be completely I, honest with you, I don't hate the song. I just for someone who doesn't like Aerosmith to then have their biggest song be someone else's is not really cool. It's lame. That's that's my only point. That's my I, only I, point. I think that the parameters in which it is their biggest song, just like bands who who have who had cover songs, be some of their biggest hits. So that song by Prince of Egypt is an epic collaboration between Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey. So now, am I going to pick Aerosmith or Whitney Houston slash Mariah Carey singing an absolute masterpiece from The Prince of Egypt? Well, we don't know who wrote it. I haven't seen it. I don't know who wrote it. I haven't heard the song. <laughs> it's... Okay, so all right, so, so we're going to go... After this, we're going to go down to a, a, a downtown bar. We're going to put The Prince of Egypt song on the, on the jukebox. And not only will no one sing along, the bartender is going to say, is going to say nope, and he's going to hit the next button. Yeah, but if, if that's how we're measuring things... <laughs> I, I think when we're talking about pop culture iconic entities, I think yeah. that's how we judge them. My issue is we're talking about... We're talking about Armageddon. Is Armageddon like this great piece of masterful cinema that's going to go down in artistic history? No, we're, it's a blockbuster. We're, we're, we're arguing different points. I'm not saying... Didn't, don't want to miss a thing. You're saying it's lame. Saying and it's I'm lame saying it's not. That a rock that's... and roll band at the end of their career gets a song written by someone else, and that's their biggest. The sweet emotion and dream on aren't bigger than don't want to miss a thing. That's kind of lame. It's lame. It's not rock and roll. Uh, it's definitely pop. It's definitely pop. You know, rock and roll. You know what I mean? Rock and roll. You know, the and whole we... attitude. Like, yeah, rock and roll. Like, Diane yeah, Morey is, wrote this song. Is... We're gonna we're gonna learn how to play it. We're gonna perform it. It's gonna be our best song. I'm Steven Tyler. 
I don't that, know, man. That, you know, I, I, I think I you're say, clinging... that, was, that was the best Steven Tyler impression I've ever had. <laughs> have, you, have you seen him recently? You he just used like your Ron Howard impression as Steven Tyler. Come on, that doesn't I, I know, I know. But, I, I just think you're clinging to this old concept of rock and roll. I'm not. I think, I think you think. No, that. I think you think I'm clinging to that. I'm not. I just think Aerosmith sucks in general, and then for their best song to be written by someone else adds to the fuel of the fire that they suck. All right. So right. all you out there listening wait, 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 to wait, wait. "When You Believe" by Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston, God bless you. I'm, I'm sorry I, if I've offended you, but I don't want to miss a thing. Is is arguably the biggest song that's ever been nominated for a an Oscar in that category and didn't win. Yeah. I, I will I will say that the uh the ninety seven Oscars, Back to Google Hunting, best original song should have went to that movie. <clears throat> uh, the, that Elliot movie Smith. the Elliot Smith song. And that's Misery. the same year. That's the same yeah. year as Conair. Yeah. And because uh, that song is fucking amazing. It's a it's a beautiful song. And I feel like that more than any other song, it encapsulates the movie perfectly, mm-hmm. and um, it really should have won, and it's a shame. But no, no... But no, no one knows no the song. No song... No, if, I, I if you took If you took every song that's ever been nominated for that award, they were never going to be Celine Dion. Oh, that. They're no. just they're never going to oh, be. Oh, I, yeah. I understand that. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, so that's, so he, you're, was, you're, yeah, you're was, stacked up against the was Godfather. It was, it was like that, and like Evita was the same, same year, too, I think. Wasn't Dual Car from Argentina? Oh, God. I'm glad that you brought up Evita though, Grant, because that's so it's Andrew Ward, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and Tim Rice when that award. But that beat another song that I thought absolutely 100% should have won. Also yeah. by Aerosmith. Absolutely beat another song I should have won. Well, no, Diane Warren also had a different song up this year in addition to the song that I was going to say. The Diane Warren song was Because You Loved Me, which is popularized by Celine Dion. Okay. But That Thing You Do, which is another movie I watched this week because I just got on a Liv Tyler kick. That thing you do loses to the Evita song. Okay. And just, just wait, drives me nuts. Diane Warren wrote How Do I Live that's uh, what was she it? wrote How Do I Live? How do I Yeah, yeah, no, I, trust me, I know the song. And Because You Love Me was You Were Mad. No, no, I know that song too. She wrote that? Yeah, Diane Warren she wrote that. Oh, she's talented. Oh dude, she's been nominated <laughs> eleven times, times man. That's won. not easy. And never and won. Never won. That's what I'm saying. The fact that she didn't win for the Armageddon song is is it's a travesty amongst Oscar history. Also did uh, the the Starship song. Um, we we can city. build this thing together. Oh God. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, she's, she's a genius. <laughs> she's like fucking. Um, who are the? She's the, the Golden Ghost. And she apparently has one that's coming out this year for a 2020 movie that's that's um, going to be in the mix too. I don't remember song for exactly tenet? which one, but <laughs> for tenet? For tenet. <laughs> she could join Team Nolan. What are the two DJs where they wear the helmets? Daft Punk. That's Daft Punk. She's Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So they just pump out hits. Yeah. Okay. So that yeah. So we we, we went on on the old Armageddon. Rim. That thing you do, by the way. Anyone who's not seen that movie, that I highly recommend. I love that movie. It's, it's available on streaming right now. I love that. I love that movie. We too. we got on a little. Uh, Tom Hanks first directorial. There it is. I was gonna say we yeah. got on the top directorial debuts and what yeah. should be up there. I kind of rolled my eyes at the Donnie Darko one, sure. but Tom Hanks directorial debut, fantastic. Yeah. I see. What has he done? Directorial wise, after that, not much. And <laughs> another one, another directorial debut is George Romero's *Night of the Living Dead*. I love um, that movie. I mean, that's that should have been mentioned. Oh in that my god, too. that's a yeah. great movie. Have, have you seen that? that Obviously, *Reservoir Dogs* was that was that was yeah. on the list. Though. Yeah. Was on have, the list you, yeah. have you seen *Night of the Living Dead*? The black and white one? No. Oh my last god, night. It's so it's, good. Is it good? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's just a fun experience, you know. It's, it's a cool. It's a but like it has its cheesy acting, and it yeah, does a lot of zombie stuff you've seen a million times from the sub, well, But it well, got yeah, there first. But, but yeah, if it's the first, then you start yeah, it. Right. It's 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 basically it, it. 
everything you know about zombies has come from this movie. It's, right. it's unbelievable. It's the Goodfellas of zombie movies. Yeah, basically. Yeah. 95 minutes. Fun watch. Black Looks, and white. Good, good, yeah. good black and white. A great real, twist, like, great, intentional really, black and white. Really great I don't care about black and white. But intentional black and white. Yeah. Late 60s. Yeah. So good twist. It's, it's, a, it's a cool twist at the end. Yeah. Um, at the very, the I love very, those, at like yeah. very very end. Yeah. I love when those old movies have twists that there's no like the, the, foreshadowing. Like, it's, it's just also, like it's here's the, the twist. Movies, the movies from the movies from the late sixties and the the lead in a horror movie is a, is, a, is a black guy, is black. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's, and which is unheard of. And he's one of the best guys. He's in great in the yeah, movie. He's yeah. he's fantastic in the movie. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and that's something you never another see another good one to recommend. All right, so get back to our Ben Affleck library. We're only up to 1998 uh, here. Let's figure this out. Next one's one we've talked about in length: the Shakespeare in Love. He plays old Ned in a, a yeah. great. Um, it should have been Carl Weathers, but yeah, we'll talk about <laughs> a show. great hot spot supporting role. It seems like his best roles are when he just he, he pops in as a supporting it's act, like, just like, kind of lights up the stage, it's like Al, it's rips like Al on Baldwin. everyone and leaves. Like Al Baldwin's the same way. Yes, Al yes. Baldwin works great in like ten minute roles. Absolutely, two hundred cigarettes. Never, Never heard of that. It's a Christina Ricci joint, right? Okay, I don't know. I love Christina Ricci. Yeah. Okay, well, she's in that. I think. Forces of Nature, the rom com of Sandy Bullock. Sandy Bullock one. Yeah, right? that's yeah. that's. We're starting to get back down and sinking into this the regrettable territory. This is where he starts. Yeah, he experiments. He's like, let's see how I do in a rom com. I guess. Dogma as a lead. Yeah. Dogma. He didn't a, do well. No. A you want to talk about Dogma now? Yeah, Dogma's good. <laughs> Dogma. Uh, so in the theater, another little supporting role. Dogma's like, great. He plays like the the angel, right? Bartleby. Plays, uh, Bartleby. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that one in the theater. Fun one. That's kind of that's peak Kevin Smith for me. I think. I feel like that's Kevin Smith's best movie. I yeah. agree with that. Uh, George Carlin's hysterical in that. Alan Rickman. Chris Rock is good in that. Yeah. Chris I, Rock. Chris Rock has not had a great career as far as acting goes, no. but he's, he's good in that one. His show did very well. Uh, Life with Chris or something. Oh, it's we, syndicated. Yeah. yeah, it did very it's well. It's mostly just narrated. Everyone hates Chris. Yeah, everyone, everyone hates Chris. Yeah. Everybody hates Chris. Um, so, and my favorite is my favorite character, and that is God. God is played by a Lance Morissette yeah. who wears a tutu. She doesn't speak, and she does cartwheels on the grass, and that's the extent of her existence in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, on-screen existence. It's um, yeah, Buddy no, Jesus. Right? It's a, yeah, Buddy Christ. Buddy Christ. I used to have I used to have a Buddy Christ on my dashboard. Buddy, <laughs> Buddy, Buddy. Carlin, fantastic, and we yeah, Carlin, jeez, uh, yeah. and we miss him. We miss him. God, in, in, we need him right society. now. We do need him. We oh my God, he would be twenty so twenty. Right if he ran for president right now, I'd, he'd probably win. Like I'd, I'd vote, vote for him. him right? Probably. Yeah. I'd, I mean, I'd settle for him just being in the new Bill and Ted movie. To be oh honest. my God, because <laughs> it's going to be hard to watch that movie without a minute. Next is another another uh, great role play spot here. Boiler Room. Love Boiler Room. He's excellent. In Boiler Room's Boiler. a great movie. He's great in Boiler Room. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of that's kind of like the. Um, the Jordan Belfort story before, yeah, and Boiler Room is after Jordan Belfort. Boiler Room is a very imperfect movie. Like it's yeah, it, it, a, it's it's yeah, it's, it's your it's college cool. movie. It's like, disjointed. Yeah, yeah, it's a total college movie. But yeah, but he is arguably the best part of that movie. Sure. Well, he plays he plays he plays the Alec Baldwin, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross character. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who he has gone to school. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, get yeah. out of here. Yeah. You're done. Who was taking their series seven? I had to get <laughs> right. the fuck out. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Right. Talk about that thing you do. Guy Patterson's in that movie for. For a hot minute. Mm. Yeah. Here's where we now start to get into infamous, notorious. This is the J-Lo years. Reindeer games. No. That, I, that's, no. I think that's like, every every actor has that one that people bring up. There the one action like, oh, This movie, is the yeah. rock yeah. bottom yeah. moment. And I, this isn't even the rock bottom moment because no. we're going to get to G-Lee. But, uh, you thought Rain- it was rock bottom, then it, yeah. it opened up. And <laughs> Reindeer yeah. games. Artie, have you seen Reindeer games? I feel like that would be right on the Artie. Uh, I've, I've never seen it. I've seen it. I've never seen it. 
I've seen it, yeah. That was during the time Gary. where I was like, oh, Ben Affleck sucks. Gary, Gary Sinise, Dennis Farina, oh, Charlie Theron. Oh, boy. Well, okay. Yeah, that was That's good. an early Charlie's. Yeah. She's also great in that thing you do, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Plays the drummer's girlfriend mm-hmm. in the beginning. Oh, right. The one that fucks the dentist. Bounce. Anything? Anybody? Uh, Sandra? Is that Gwyneth Paltrow? It's Gwyneth. It's Gwyneth. Okay. It's Gwyneth Paltrow, yeah. Okay. I'm going to cut a very brief promo on this next one here. We're back to Michael Bay. Pearl Harbor. We'll be real quick here at Pearl Harbor. And then you can take over. Why is this movie over three hours long? Pearl Harbor. This is over three first, hours long. The first two. Like, I feel like up until Pearl Harbor happens, when, uh, when Pearl Harbor is done, it's good. It's a really good movie. That last act is Terrible and useless. When they when they go to them when they bomb when they go to bomb Japan and they learn how to take off with the on the shorter ships. I don't know if I've ever made it to the end of that movie. That movie sucks. What, the more, the, the, Pearl Harbor is longer on. than The Godfather. What <laughs> what world are we living in? That this is about... literally the epitome of Michael Bay. Like and then it's like pew pew pew. This is. This is him making the biggest blockbuster uh, ever, or one of the biggest blockbusters ever everywhere. In, in Armageddon. He, he, gets, he essentially makes all this money, and they're like, all right, you can do whatever you want. And he said, whatever really? I want. Anything? All right. We're going to Hawaii, baby. Cash it. it was, um, I, but I will say, the whole, the whole Pearl Harbor sequence is unbelievable. It's just pew, pew, pew. It's great, yeah. But the, the scene, the scene alone not related to this. Where you follow the bomb from the uh, from the Japanese plane? Yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. It's awesome. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's awesome. Three hours and three minutes. The Cape Beckinsale is gorgeous. In yeah, this movie. she's I'm perfect. Man. Partial to Cape Beckinsale. Me too. Daddy and them. Anybody? <laughs> we finally silence the crowd. No, we're we're just gonna move on. He's rolling in the dough at this point. Jay and Silent Bob strike back. I think he basically plays himself. In no, this literally, no, he, he plays, he plays himself and he plays the guy from Chasing Amy. Yes, Holden okay. McNeil. And then he plays, plays Ben Affleck. He plays Ben Affleck at the end. Yeah, when they do a sequel to Good Will Hunting. Yeah, not which a good, is a violent. Not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine for a Good Will Hunting comedy. Two hunting season. Yeah, like, <laughs> the, the, the <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah, Will Ferrell. This is like the dawn of Will Ferrell being just yeah, incredibly the, the amazing. The he's a cop. Like the animal cop. Yeah. And, yeah, he's... A, with the gun, like, winking his head <laughs> yeah. above his head. This is like before he's... I a, consider myself an excellent marksman. <laughs> he right. can't open his eyes and shoot. I, I want to say this is either like... The thing is right before Old School comes out, where Old School is when he takes off. Yeah, Old School propelled him, for sure. Changing Lanes, that's got to be an Artie movie. No, I've I've, no? Se- I've seen I've part- heard I've heard good things about it. I've seen I've parts heard. of it, but it's literally like there's a car accident and they mix up files and and Ben Affleck won't stay and exchange insurance information, so he drives off and the movie takes off. It's that like it's, sounds him, it's him, real him and Sam Jackson. Yeah, yeah. That was that was one of my one of my rejected band names back in the day. We were going to be lane changing lanes. Change. Oh god, lane change. I and uh, we should now. we should now like lift the curtain. Is we should. This is a bit of a reunion here. Yeah, with the three of us. We were. In a high school band together. Yep, you are. And, uh, this is our first podcast with just the three of us doing it. So it is a little bit of a reunion there. Unfortunately, the drummer, uh, I guess he would be Anthony I in the BPC world. <laughs> he could not make it here today. Maybe he's, he would. He he's, 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 he actually he's, might as well be here. I don't think he would even talk. He, Anthony Anthony is too busy making good music. Yeah, right. He's yeah. A, he was the talent because he was the talented one out. Of he was the throw in in our group, which ended up him being the most musically talented. person. He could literally ever. play any instrument. Yeah, but well, he yeah. was a drummer. But that was like his fourth instrument. We like made he him played play all, drums. Our, all our instruments. Better. I think he only came over because my mom made cookies and brownies and crumb cake. He did love those. Yeah. 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 Good, the good old Numlock days. We were a uh, basically a new metal cover band. 
And, uh, well, I guess we had some, you know, more, I would more. never describe myself as new metal. I mean, what? We covered Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit, like, System. that's Deftones, that's new metal. Oh, God, we, we were. We had we a were, yeah. Hey, we had, we drew crowds, baby, we drew crowds. We, we did, were, hey, we, I, we sold out the Glen Cole Bowl. And listen, we were, we, were, we were the biggest new metal cover band in our high school. Well, no, certainly. <laughs> our band name was, and this may not even be relevant anymore, because I don't know if people <laughs> sell keyboards. It's not a key. Numlock was I, the name of the band. To full 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 disclosure, I've always hated that name. I and I was always, I was I was I was the last one to join the band, and I was like, I have to join this band. I like them, but this fucking name. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> I thought it was a fantastic name. And after already left the band and we changed the name, I was always mad that we changed the name. <laughs> Some I, of all fears. That's when he. Already he takes he, take, it, he takes Patterson? over he takes no, over Harrison no, Ford's character. No Clancy. Oh, it's Clancy. Okay. He, 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 he takes, takes over Harrison Ford's Jack, Ford's Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan. Oh, it's, it's, oh, it's, it's Jack, Jack Ryan. Ryan. No, no one, no one's Jack Ryan except for Harrison Ford. Oh yeah, you're just, you're it's Jack, Jack Ryan. Krasinski. I've never seen it, but I haven't either. It's good. Great, great thing. Yeah. I saw one but, episode. It's good. But no, I can. I mean, it's just Harrison Ford. I love. I agree. Clear and present danger. So uh, this Picture movie, awesome. it's basically like a nuke goes off in Baltimore, and all the main characters survive somehow, and that's the movie. Yeah. Morgan Freeman's in it. Right? Yeah, he's the president. Oh. God, you know what? I think I saw this movie in theaters. Okay. Now that you're saying all that, like, and I remember, I should like, remember like a bomb it's, goes it's, off it's in like so a, disjointed. I remember yeah. like a bomb goes off in a football stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and Morgan Freeman's at the game and he survives. Wow, <laughs> oh, that's absolutely right. That's, and Ben Affleck's in a helicopter within the blast radius and it just loses power and falls to the ground. I'm like, a nuke just went off. There is radiation. You are all dead. <laughs> that's. The happiest spoiler we've ever given out here. Yeah, don't watch. <laughs> we've we've done you a service. Fans. You're right. The third wheel. Never heard of it. Anybody? Don't know that one. <laughs> he's in. He's in the doldrums now because he's. He's in the Jenny from the Block music video. So okay. I think we're now he's in the world of J Lo. So this, this, is, this is where he, this is where he traded, hooking up with Jennifer Lopez. He traded a career for that. Yeah. Like that's basically he's like I've made enough money. Let me just Although, let me just hang out with Jennifer Lopez for a while. In his next movie, he's going to meet his future fling, and that's Daredevil, oh, and one of Artie's favorite actresses of all time, Jennifer Garner. Oh, I hate Jennifer Garner. Is that is she might be your your least favorite actress? Is that fair? I think there's two ahead of her. It's Abby, Abby McDowell or Andy McDowell, whatever. Oh, her name Andy is. McDowell from, okay. from uh, Groundhog Day. From yeah, Mike, and, from Michael. Yep, yep. Andy that's McDowell harsh. and Minnie Driver. Those two suck. I hate them both. Wow, I don't like them. I have I have no opinion either way about any of those. Those two, and I don't know what it is. It's maybe it's their hair so curly. Like if it's that old Elaine Bennis look. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. Hmm. I don't know what it is, but Jennifer Garner, I also don't like. Wait, Jennifer Garner does not have Elaine Bennis hair. No, no, no. Andy McDowell and and Mini Driver do. Um, she just is so. She comes off as bitchy and and just (laughs) everything, even in real life, like. I don't disagree with you at all, Jennifer Garner. I don't the disliking Andy McDowell is kind of like a yeah. That's like a cheap hot take, you know. Like, oh, it's not hot Andy take. McDowell. I just don't like it. Um, that's not a hot take. I just hate her guts. <laughs> she just like, I feel like she just dresses like she's going to an office job and shows up to movies and films them. Like she's always in the same clothes. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Let's but get to his real... Dare, Daredevil is a bad movie. His bread Daredevil, is a, Daredevil is a bad movie. It's a bad yeah. movie, but the, the Netflix show is really good. The, yeah. bad, it's, the it's, bad guy... It's and, a little bit better than all of the Marvel movies, but it's a bad movie. I would agree. The bad know. guy is horrendous <laughs> in this. Does anyone remember the it's bad guy? Yeah, Clark I just, Michael Clark Duncan is Kingpin. Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan. From There's another guy. bad guy. 
Oh, a Colin Farrell. Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell. He has perfect oh, aim and a target in the middle of his head. And that's oh, from the comics. Yeah, like... he did Alexander. He was in Alexander. Yeah. Alexander's one of the Booth worst movies terrible. I've ever seen. Phone Booth is really bad. I kind of like Phone Booth. I like Phone Booth, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're dead wrong there. Yeah, it's one of the, you know, and, and you don't like Forrest Whitaker either. That's another guy you don't like. Oh, my God, Forrest Whitaker. All I see is, it's, okay, so let me just bring this up. Grant wanted to address the Jeremy Renner thing. Yeah. Which I also have with Jake Gyllenhaal, and I also have with Forrest Whitaker. Okay. I don't see the character they're playing. I just okay. see the actor so, acting. So, like, Forrest Whitaker, let me tell you his best movie, Panic Room. Okay. okay. Which is a Fincher. I, I, I would... Challenge you to say you probably haven't seen his best performance. I haven't seen King of Scotland, right? right. Which okay. is his best performance, and you haven't Fair. seen The Shield, which he's phenomenal in. Is that a TV show? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, see he's that. in the. Well, it's a great TV show. Right. It was ahead of the curve with the anti-hero. Yeah, uh, he's stuff. actually good and, in Arrival. He's too. in. He's in like the fifth season, and he is fantastic. He's, in good, in he's good in Arrival. He's yeah. good in Arrival. He's a good actor. Like, like, it took him a long hard. time to get like. And, and his, all right, I, I will. I, let me. Where I got confused because I do understand. That point when you say all you can see is you can see Jeremy Renner trying to act, you can see Jake Gyllenhaal trying to act. I don't necessarily agree, but but when you said on these things where when you said Hurt Locker was Renner's only good performance, this is in the Departed podcast, and, the pilot. and this is the pilot episode art, and obviously you're much more coherent now than you were then. Um, you said you know why Jeremy Renner's good in that movie because Jeremy Renner is Jeremy Renner. And I feel like that goes exactly in the opposite, goes against the grain of what you just said. So it might be because that's the first thing I've seen him in. When I, like, that might have been the first movie I've ever seen him in, okay. Locker. And I was like, oh, he's okay. And then every other movie after that, I just see that same no, character. Like, so I'm starting to think it's not the acting job. I'm starting to think it's just, I see Jeremy Renner in these roles. And if, okay. I, if I saw Hurt Locker, like, fifth, out of Jeremy Renner's movies, I probably wouldn't even like it. I'd probably be like, oh, it's just Jeremy Renner. Interesting. Anyway. I'm going to reserve my Jeremy Renner talk for when we get to the town. I mean, we've talked privately about the Jake, like the top Joan Hall movies. I haven't seen his best movies. What, which ones? Zodiac or Nightcrawler, I haven't seen. Okay, because those are fucking awesome. Or Brokeback Mountain. Or Brokeback Mountain. He is amazing in Nightcrawler. I haven't seen those yeah, three you movies. Have, you have to... So that I get. Yeah. I don't, you know, he's not the one I push like Jeremy I've seen right. most of Jeremy Renner's movies. Right. Like he, he's, he's so bad in the Marvel okay. movies. Oh, well, I mean, that's a bad character. Hawkeye's a bad character. It's a terrible it's character. It's a bad character. Yeah. Let's talk about one of Ben Affleck's most memorable roles. Larry Geely. Oh, in the boy. classic Geely. Is I've this not, rock I, bottom for Ben? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. But this is when people stop Razzie taking Winter, it seriously. Right? Razzie this Winter, is, I think. Yeah, this yeah. is the moment where people were just like, oh, fuck Ben Affleck. In Newsday, this movie, yeah. and they don't, they do stars, one to four. In parentheses, they wrote no stars. This was the second. This was the this was the second no star review I've seen. Yeah, the well, first one was Spice World. <laughs> yeah, Spice World got no so stars in the theaters. By the way, Ooh, yeah. me too. What, what, yeah. what, what girlfriend did you have? It was, like, it was like like an eighth grade, like a crew of guys and girls. I went with like yeah. seven guys to see Spice World. Ooh, Kieran's probably there. Okay, yeah. so that's how it is. Paycheck. Oh, I can't remember. This is if more I've seen Bennett, that. bad Ben Affleck. No, I haven't seen that. Uh, how about Jersey Girl? That's a Kevin Smith non Kevin Smith movie. Okay, you know, that's not his like Red Bank. Yeah, no, though it does put you in it's very Jersey heavy. No, it's not great. And you know that you're really in just money grab town when it's Christmas movie time. Surviving Christmas. Ooh. Man about town. 
Nope. I think after G, he's not scrambling here, taking scripts, yeah. taking roles, doing what he this can is, here. Yeah, this, this is... is uh, G, uh, G Lee really did derail his career. It it's, really did. It's kind of like... This is the point where you got to highlight just saying, like, he came out of this and directed a Best Picture winner. I'm, I'm, you know, scrolling, like, I'm scrolling through his IMDb right now. Every movie that we have named that is terrible just has him on the cover. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's just, he's just marketing his face. Yeah. Like, Which yeah. I think where Chris G goes... I just didn't need to see Ben Affleck's face floating around. <laughs> like he's only taking movies where he's getting the lead. Yeah. Sequel to Clerks is next. Clerks two. Then you Pretty have good. H- Hollywood I Land and Smoking Aces. Hollywood Land apparently he was great in. Smoking Aces. He, he played is so bad. Yeah, Hollywood, yeah. The Smoking Aces is not good. God, it's like just some guy wanted to be Quentin Tarantino and tried to do it, and it just sucked. It was like if Quentin Tarantino was high on meth. If Quentin Tarantino and Guy Ritchie had a baby, if Quentin Tarantino, and he could direct if Quentin movies, Tarantino, oh, okay. if Quentin Tarantino and Guy Fieri had a baby, <laughs> yes, okay, that's better. This movie went to Flavor Tower. Yeah, yeah. Smoking aces. Smoking aces. Is not like good. smoking deuces. If if this nice. next one, if if rom coms post two thousand never had a pulse left in him, this one ripped the last cord out of the wall. He's just not that into you. That was a that was an ensemble movie. Like, yeah, just every like face Brad, they could Bradley stick Cooper in it. Cooper was in a scar. Charlotte Johansson it was, was in it. Based on like a semi popular book, it I think, based, or something. It was based on a book. Drew Barrymore, uh, Justin Long. Jeepers Creepers, yeah, Justin Long. Jeepers Creepers. Yeah, it's no BN. It's a, but it's one. Of, I want to say those, like Michael Douglas is floating around in there too. Those, like there's like there's everyone play somebody. Yeah. Oh, um, the guy from Entourage is in it. Turtle or Chase? Oh no no, Kevin. No no, the E. Yeah, the uh, God, Kate is that Kate Hudson? I forget. Kate Hudson. Just get past this. Yeah, that that's one of those movies that like every A list celebrity seemed like they were in that movie. So he just Mm. he just brought up a chair. State of Play, Extract. Russell Crowe, it's in State of Play. Is that the Russell Crowe Leo movie? No, uh, no. We're in two thousand nine now. I jumped ahead a little bit in saying that he did his directorial debut, Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. Okay, so that's right before he's in Just Not Into You. So. He's focusing on his directing this here. Is, this is when he got. This is the this is the beginning. Two thousand seven. First step up to his gone baby ascent. gone. Yeah, you know acting directorial not debut. For. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, directorial debuts. That's that's a notable it one. Was, it was a big, It was it was a successful movie. Yeah. yeah, that that I remember seeing Gone Baby Gone, and going, oh, it's directed by Ben Affleck. This is gonna suck. He sucks. And then at the end, be like. Wow, he's really good. Like yeah, he's people, been misused. Like, like people forget that he he was one of the writers of Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Like he for years, especially after the Geely years, everyone's like, Oh, it looks like Matt Damon was a praise beyond that operation. It's like, no, it was Ben Affleck. He was yeah. the one that like Matt Damon ended up being the better actor and Ben Affleck ended up being the, the better the, behind the, the screens the guy. Yeah. 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 Better, and no one brains. thought that when it first yeah. came out. We thought it was the opposite. Yeah. Like this is a dumbo friend he's putting in the movie. Yeah. Matt Damon obviously And a lot it. of that narrative came out in the Geely era. I think. Well, yeah, because they like Ben Affleck went to try acting and was not doing well. Yeah, well, like, well, he did. We well, did Armageddon and and then Pearl Harbor, and he just went the blockbuster. Right? He goes, you know what? I'm just going to be a blockbuster superstar. Right. And then it's like, all right, well, this guy's just a face. And yeah. in reality, it was the opposite. So he he has that he has a solid directorial debut there. That's a good movie. Yeah. Because okay. the town is next. Directs in it, stars in it. Yes. You know, well, Casey Affleck kind of got his face on the map with with the Gone Baby Gone. You know, all right, I did my movie, directed my little brother, and I'm going to direct myself. I watched The Town this week. I saw it back when it came out. I watched it with a clean slate. I'm going to, Grant, I'm going to have you kind of start with it. Okay. 
and then I'll give you my take on this one. Okay. Um, I really like the town. I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for bank heist movies. It's not a perfect movie. There's there's like the highs are really high and the lows are kind of low. And I do understand that everything has a purpose with the with the girl with the um, you know with the love interest and and everything like that. And I think that plays into everything in the movie. And I think it starts off at a ten and it ends on a ten. And I, I just think I think it's I think it's a solid movie. Um, I'm gonna go first. Sorry, I, I know you. I don't know what your opinion. I know that you liked it, and then you rewatched. It. I don't know what it is from here. So, I'm, so I when I first saw this, I didn't like it. Years went by. I don't remember it really. I sat down this week and gave it a full a full chance. Mm-hmm. I do not like this movie. Okay. I think it is. It's a great depiction, Boston. If that's what you're into. I think the movie's a little bit of a tryhard. I think there's a lot of Michael Bay seeped into Ben Affleck's DNA while he's directing here. The helicopter shots and the the, the foggy scenery and it's, it, there's, this movie to me doesn't know, it's stuck in between a Michael Bay movie and a Martin Scorsese movie. It doesn't know whether it wants to be The Rock or The Departed. And there's, 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 some dialogue and some quips that are memorable, great lines. Yeah. You know, there goes college soccer. Like great, some right. great lines in it. But the 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 whole like the girlfriend is the is the bank victim, and now she's like a volunteer kickball pitcher, and she's dating Ben Affleck, and he's stuck between. And you have the the hard Irish boss who uh, you're gonna do it whether you like it or not, or I'm gonna go after the girl. It's just very paint by numbers to me with it. I, I listen. I'm in the minority here. I'll be the first to say it. It's right. it's it, the critics loved it. Fans loved it. It's like in the '90s and the upper '80s on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it's, yeah, this, it's a this very is, this is a certified hot take. It's a hot take. It certified is a hot take. Hot take. Um, Jeremy Renner's Oscar-nominated performance. Wait, and for this? For this? Is that a joke, uh, dude? <laughs> Bro, you just made my eyebrows uh, go straight <laughs> to my forehead, dude. Is that a joke? What, dude? He looks like he to me. Him in this movie, it's like Prison Mike from The Office. Walking around, <laughs> trying to be tough, a foot and a half shorter than Ben Affleck, scowling at the camera. A couple good lines here or there, but like I picture like the Academy Awards when they're reading out the, and now the nominees for Best Supporting Actor. And you know how they like, they say the name and they play a clip from the movie? Yeah. Yeah, what clip? Jeremy Renner, The Town. Fuck <laughs> like what, what? I don't know. I just to me, I, I thought I thought he was good in this movie. <laughs> I, that I, I it's, all right. So well, one last thing, Marty, but you take a breath. I have never seen with the assault rifles in this movie. I've never seen so many bullets shot that never hit anything. It's just. I feel like, like, I feel like, like, I feel like that's probably more accurate than <laughs> than bullets actually hitting people. But how about how about like hitting that. like car doors or something? They oh, just man. vanish into midair. It's like a South Park episode. Yeah. But right, go go go, Artie. I'm sorry. All right. The first time I saw this, I loved it. Like I've seen it a few times. I really like it. And then I watched it for this podcast to try to be enthusiastic about it, and I was a little underwhelmed. There are some, the opening, all the bank heist scenes are awesome. I love bank heists. Um, I actually really like Ben Affleck in this, and I like the florist guy and his little henchman. I think yeah. they're a cool little aspect of the movie. It's a little too Bostonian. I don't really like Boston That's what they were going very for. much. That's what they were going for. Okay, so, fair. So, so. Um, I think Jeremy Renner out of the four henchmen is the worst of them. <laughs> I think the driver it might be my favorite. Driver's good. The yeah. girl in this is distractingly bad. 
Uh, who? Although, yes. Okay, yes. Go. Great. Uh, this is, again, a... Oh, what? Oh, it's a damsel in Total distress. Total damsel in distress. Like, stop. You're not overwhelmed by everything. You have a brain. Oh, there's a million red flags with Ben Affleck. You talk to the FBI. What are you talking to the FBI about? Oh, I, you know, I don't know. Well, what you do you seem think? to I know should... a lot about this. Yeah, like, well, you know, yeah, you know, I, I got, I got brothers. So it's, it's stupid. It, yeah, it's, I... none of these red flags. Get okay. noticed. John Hamm steals the movie. Great. <laughs> Bro, John Hamm. G O A T. I don't like for go. everyone who's furious at home right now. There are some great aspects of the movie. I thought Blake Lively was the MVP of this movie. I think she's fantastic in it. She's the most authentic thing in the movie to me. The chase scenes are cool. Editing is awesome. Editing is good. The Fenway scene is incredible. Incredible. Going in there and exchanging with the... uh, Also wife, Linda. Your wife. Also named Linda. Yeah, I love that. Great. The Lindas would appreciate if you <laughs> open the door. The standoffs with the fake cops. Why are you wearing sunglasses inside? Yeah. With the, excellent. Excellent stuff. Yeah. It just, the movie as a whole to me. Oh, the, oh, on the other MVPs of the movie is the masks are incredible. Oh, the, incredible. Right. The best great, scene great of the movie work. is they get away from the, from, with the nun outfits on. Yeah. And they look over, they park and they get out and there's a cop right there looking at them. Mm-hmm. And the nun faces are, they have emotion. So, like, the Ben Affleck at the back of the car, they show his nun face. His head is slanted to the side, and it's, like, sad and droopy. It's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And the cop just looks, looks the other literally way. Looks and the metaphorically, other way. looks, the other, way. looks yeah. the other way and goes, you got to dig. I'm not doing this. I'm not yeah. shooting four guys with yeah. AR-15s right amazing. now. That's amazing. I love that scene. There's a lot of great parts of this movie. But the filler is kind of really lacking. Yeah, I know Chris G from many of our other podcasts who's has been on. He's at home wishing that he could jump into the <laughs> in the phone and join this argument because he loves this movie. Well, actually, let's bring him out now. And here he is. <laughs> no, it, I, I don't know, man. It, it's I think this is just one where it's just not for me. I mean, Artie, you're a big action. I'm not a huge action movie guy to begin with. Okay. Um, and, and I just, to me, it's like they didn't know whether they were going for action or Oscar here. And... I don't think this is a great movie. Okay. Aside if from the bad guys, it, my favorite part of the movie is that the relationship between Ben Affleck and the florist. Yeah. Um, we're, aside, we're that, I love that. I love him, like, just like, it, like I'm a peon. You're the guy, the yeah. emperor, and, but if you fuck with me, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And, like, the way he talks to him, he's like, I'm not asking you anything. Yeah. And then he tells him, like, I basically killed your mom. Yeah, and I got ruined your family. And, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the reason you're this way. Yeah, like, yeah, well, There's it, cool parts can, of it. You can do it with a knife or you can do it with the chemicals. Yeah. I did it to your father the chemical way. It's a good impression. Wow. <laughs> That's not Irish, by the way, that voice. Like, whatever well, that accent well, he was, is. He, well, he was in, uh, he's supposed to be Irish, right? But he was in right. Usual Suspects. He so. just has a, a voice, an accent. It's not, yeah. like, distinguishable. And I'll throw out there, too, Chris Cooper as awesome. Ben Affleck's father is just... Chris Cooper's not good. Right? Oh, he's right. good in everything he's yeah. He's good in absolutely everything he's, 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 he's like, just, he's, he's an like, incredible he's character. He's just like a pinch hitter at the bottom of the eighth. Oh, and he always goes yeah. yard. Right. Always goes yard. He's, he's a good, great. Or he's he like like a triple. Yeah. Right. He's a, he's a career 210 hitter who's like a 750 pinch hitter. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> and he has like 11-game winning Yeah, yeah, yeah. 11-game winner. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so there's there's the town. I, I, I'm sure I aggravated a whole. Shit you know, ton making of me rewatch it really made me kind of you know, I guess underappreciate it. Like I, I liked it more than before I had to rewatch it. 
Yeah, it's... And I was talking to Grant a little bit about this. Like, I don't know what it was. I, I remember loving this movie. Yeah. But then I catch it on TV, and the reason I love it is because I'm watching the bank heist scenes. Yeah. Watching it straight like, through like, like, and like, analyzing it made highs, me have a... The highs, yeah. are, the highs are really high. Yeah. The yeah. highs are really high. Yeah. I do understand your point about the, the, love, the love interest in the movie being... Mm-hmm. Over the top. With, oh, the volunteer with, at the Boys and Girls Club. It's just but, so... Oh, my God. But, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it, it drives... And it probably could have been handled better. But it, it, the character is important to drive Ben Affleck to a, a, a legitimate life. I'm, I'm starting to think Ben Affleck needs to learn a little bit about rewatchability. I think he got... I think the, the water hole got poisoned by his work with Michael Bay earlier on. I, I think that he learned bad habits from see, Michael I, I didn't really see too much... Michael Bay in it. I don't know. Like I like I. It doesn't feel like like the bad boys action scenes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. A lot of quick cuts. A lot of fast talk. I know what you're talking about. The helicopter above. The the slow mo yeah. blade. Like a lot of booms. A lot of bullets. Very bad of, boys. We're not going to belabor on the rest of his career here. <laughs> there, Argo is next, which we'll eventually get back to at some point, I suppose. <laughs> to, to the wonder, runner, runner. Right? Gone Girl, Gone Girl is worth. Gone Girl is worth a little bit because I'm not. Girls. I'm not going into length about his bat- career as Batman because I still think. It's I, I, I will say he's a great Batman. Okay, but that, okay. I was, for the record, we get he, that out now. Get that out now. He's a, I don't, he's, he's, a, he's a great. Bat- I won't he's, entertain that, he's a great Batman in bad movies. He's a great Batman, and I've heard that. The actors in those movies are really pushing for the director's cut of all those be, movies to be, be released. It's going to be an HBO Max, the and Snyder the Cut. Studio's been, been giving them a hard time about that, but I think the Snyder Cuts are going to be the better versions. I don't know. I mean, you see Watchmen? No. Okay. Watchmen, I think, is the movie that lets Snyder do his thing. Yeah. And then after that, they're like, all right, we need to kind of put our hands in it a little right. bit. My thing with Ben Affleck as Batman is just like, why? 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 Just well, because they just reboot. I mean, well, I mean, I guess he's you're, big, you're, he's you're big, big in Warner Brothers. You're big, the Warner Brothers bigger, movie. I think your bigger question is why are they just doing more superhero mm-hmm. movies. Yeah, you know, I just that's the conversation for another. Uh, yeah, day. Ben Affleck is a distracting Batman. That's my point. Disagree. Very subtle. He really is. You haven't seen the movie. But he's How do Ben you know? Affleck. I won't see him. Well, that's part of my reasons. I won't see it because I'm not going to watch Ben Affleck run on as Batman. I have my own Batman. I don't need yours. I have my own <laughs> Batman, and I'm going to stay with my Batman. That's it. Okay. I have three. Is it, is it, I have three Batman. I don't need any more. Who's I have it? Adam West. I have Christian Bale. I have Michael Keaton. Those are my Batman. You want to put you want to put the, the Twilight guy in a the, Batman by, suit? By go the way, ahead. Go, go after him. I'm the not The plural of Batman is Batmans, not Batman. Batmans. Yeah. Bat, my Batmen. They're you're my bat, you're, Batmen. You're, they're man. your Batmans. They're <laughs> okay. We're gonna do a little, a little blip on Gone Girl before we get back to Argo. Gone Girl's great. Fincher, Fincher's yeah, you know, outside uh, the park. Another the, the end. The ending. Another bother- guy needs an Oscar. The ending bothers me, but I feel like it's supposed to bother me. Other than that, the movie is amazing. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. A, a good Fincher, probably one of the Fincher ones that gets doesn't get as much attention as the so? others. I feel like people talk about it. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was a very popular book. Okay, we're headed back to Argo after climbing out of this deep Ben Affleck rabbit hole. Yeah, Argo. Our buddy Mr. Mendez is headed out to Middle East. And he's going to drop the old plan on the six hostages, or the six, how do we say this? House guests. House, the, the, they're, the, called the, the, they're called house guests. They're hiding house out. House. Yeah, the six house guests. Fun. It's a wacky plan, and I think what one of the guys says is that we, we had suicide missions in the army, or I think Alan Arkin says yeah. it suicide missions in the army that had better odds than this. Yeah. That was another quote I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. But I will, before he gets to Tehran, he meets with an OSS agent in, uh, in Istanbul, I believe. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's an old, uh, I don't know if it's a museum or, or something. There's some great <clears throat> shots in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shots throughout the, the movie are great. Yeah, and, yeah, no, and now it's, it's none great. of this movie was filmed in Iran. So they did they took no. some, they, they did a little in Turkey. Right. They took a couple shots in Turkey. Most of it was California. filmed in California and Washington and then uh, some in, the, in an Ontario airport. Iran was not happy about this movie. Uh, they, I, I mean, they, they tried to they tried to to go through a, a a France lawyer to try to put war crimes up against Ben Affleck oh, by really? name. By name, that yeah. seems extreme. Yeah, yeah, that seems extreme. Know. Ben yeah. Affleck's a lot of things as we went through Zabri. A war criminal's a little bit. I mean, that's a little bit. G, I mean, I can't imagine the the, the male lead in Geely being a war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some real reindeer games he's playing. The so <laughs> he's. He meets the uh, <laughs> uh, well, he meets the six here. guests. <laughs> it's changing lanes back to back to the task at hand School and the pass. sum of all what? of our fears. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go chasing Amy here down the rabbit hole. Let's get back to Hollywood land. Uh, so Ben drops the the scripts on these on these uh, these six characters here. Yeah, and I like the one guy who's just like, "We're not doing it." You know, like, yeah. all right, like, can we talk in the group, discuss this first before you just, like, speak for it's everybody? Like you, you have no other options. I mean, God. That was another lame Hollywoody thing. The six of them talking, going through the progression of, yeah, this, 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 well, we can't do it because this. We have no other choice. We have to do it. Okay. Super, okay, we're super unnatural. Yeah, super it's unnatural. so Hollywoody. These six roles here are extremely lost. There are, uh, there are a lot of them are underdeveloped. Uh, completely underdeveloped. The borderline ancillary. Uh, yeah. When they're the focus of the movie here, and there's moments where I actually think that, that the two the two female roles are, they're pretty good. I agree. Uh, I, I, okay. I um the the Grant doesn't agree. You oh you don't agree? No. Nope. We'll okay. save that for later. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm you know the other four I'm going to talk about later, but Clea Duvall. Is kind of like the I lead woman. She's the one with the glasses. Yes. Yes. She's and good. Super cool to see her again because she was kind of an up and coming actress when she was younger. She was in the movie The Faculty. Have yeah. you guys ever yep. seen The Faculty? Yeah, sure. And she was kind of like low key sexy back then. And she's also in Girl Interrupted. Okay. Uh, I think it was in both of those teeny movies. She's sexy in this. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. when she was younger, it was kind of like in that. In that uh, that teen movie, like not she's, the, she's, not she's the all, hot role, she's, but she's, she's all that. She's all that. Yeah. Can't hardly wait. I think she's into, but yeah. she's not like the lead hot girl role. She's like the alternative hot girl. She, she was she was goodness. I feel like her her character had her character had layers. I feel like the best of the six. Uh, Carrie Bechet is the other actress. I actually right. kind of liked her too. I thought she okay. No, it was they a were quiet good. role, but I thought she she had had good facials in there. They added emotions. They added emotions. Yeah, I felt like I felt like well now I'll get later. But I feel like she was a very one note character, and I feel like they tried to. I feel like they tried to have an emotional tie with her, and to me, it just fell short. I just don't. Yeah. Hmm. But, but okay, with, yeah, uh, we got we got that going. But, but with, we um, start to. But with, take these but with Duvall, tests. but with Duvall, she was. You kind of little things here and there. You kind of know that what kind of a person she is. She was yeah. joking with her husband, like as like they were getting ready to go to the bazaar, but then she's like, "I'm really scared." Yeah. Our, our town bazaar scene, which is kind of, it's it's the real power play of the squad. They had to get everybody out there yeah. to to prove that they were actually scouting for locations. Right. Yeah, it was it was over the top, a little bit over the top. But you know, also it's I feel like it's kind of true of the times in Iran where these white these white people, a white person took a picture of a shop without his permission and 
tensions are really high with the West. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of I kind of understand it. How about them driving in the bazaar when they they drive around the oh. people? Oh, I like that. That was pretty tense. Yeah, yeah. that was really. But tense. at the same time, then they just drive through and emerge, and I'm like, well, all right. Well, yeah, it's there, funny. There's when, when great talk, tension in this movie. There, there is. is. Oh, it's for, for a movie for a movie where you know for a movie where you know everyone makes it out okay. There's there's tension. Yeah, and even is, like not, even in my not, rewatch, like yeah, that that whole that whole thing about driving through a protest that. Would give me such anxiety. I would have floored it. I would have drove over people. That's a bold move. Yeah. We talked about them shredding the files. We didn't talk about the sweatshops that are putting together the... What a task. Oh, my God. Give it to the children. Yeah. Yeah, It'll be like a puzzle. It'll be like fun. Yeah, they'll they'll get a kick out of this. It's their version of Highlights Magazine. We have bigger things to worry about. That was another Hollywoody thing. Like, the the guy's running from children to the boss who's sitting at a desk. And it's like, look, we found this picture and this picture. You know what, Artie, though? Like, I thought the whole assembling of the shredded... I rolled my eyes at that, too. And then again, in the ending credits, when they showed... Like the, the actual footage of them doing it, and they're right. like, "Look, it's like okay, well, like it sounds." I mean, it actually happened though. Like, no, I, I I get that. It's I wild. Get, I believe it's wild yeah, to it's think crazy. about. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a crap like, job. Have right you ever here. like have you ever like just torn a page and like an eighths and then try yeah. to put it back together? Yeah, that's like, it's, impossible. it's impossible. Apparently, the whole ending is all, way over oh, dramatic. Yes. So yeah. like there's. Yes. So and I like, would imagine that. But the point of this, with them re re putting the pictures back together, and him rushing the news, and then relaying the message, yeah, that's all very Hollywoody. It's yeah. over dramatized. Tony, Tony Mendez was in Tehran for thirty six hours. Yeah, he wasn't there for a whole. A it whole was. Lot it, of time. it wasn't there for very long, and they did, and they got out scot free. Yeah, and, and there was a one hour delay at the airport where they were all very nervous, but then they just got on the plane, and the plane was actually uh, had said A R G A U on the side. Yeah, just a, a by chance. It was bizarre. Is that really? Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's yeah. Swiss, yeah, Swiss plane. And they so, all took it as a message. So this brings That's me so to my funny. next point: is where you have you have Coach Taylor, the chief, uh, the chief of staff, squash. Yeah, squash the deal. All right, we're not doing this. You know, this is goofy. We can't get caught yeah. doing this. Now, I'm not familiar, and none of us are familiar with the source material here. So I don't like. Had I read Vendez's article, I'm sure some of this is in there. Whether it's the them the, the U.S. government saying, okay, we're not going to do this, and then him saying, just basically saying, we're in too deep, we're doing it, and right. then Cranston's character going back and having to get the president's approval after the fact. Right. I don't know if that was for the movie or if that's actually in the source material. I, I think they added it. To Same stuff with the airport. I would imagine that. the airport stuff is very over-dramatized. There's, there's nothing. Yeah. They get to the airport, they wait an hour, they get on a plane, they leave. They weren't interrogated. They weren't detained. Yeah, they didn't have to convince anyone that which, they were which, making which a that, movie. That, that is a run-up for... My favorite scene was when the guy, the the asshole guy, like yeah. explained the whole story. And, and, and everyone's like, "This guy's not even paying attention," but he knows the whole plot of the movie, yeah. the storyboards. I love that. <laughs> ben Affleck like, starts to walk forward to do it, and then he just takes a step back, and he's like, "Well, this guy's handling it yeah. pretty well." And he speaks the language and can, he speaks and Farsi, can handle yeah. it. And the guy's like, "Why do you speak this?" And he's like, oh, so "Of course, I movie. speak it. I want to make a movie in Iran." And I love when he's like, "Here, hold this." Like he tells the guy, "Hold this," and the guy's like, "All right." Like, yeah, this guy's. Putting yeah. us in our place, basically. One of my favorite music cues in the movie, maybe in almost any movie, is okay. when the levees break. Yes, yeah, and, and um, that is such a great. It's a it's such a fitting song for that, for the mood because it's like it's like it's a really good get fucked up song, but it's also like really ominous. When the levee breaks, we'll have no place to stay. Yeah, I mean, it's, so it's pretty literal. It's, it's, yeah, and it's um, 
uh, you know, I saw this on IMDb, so who knows how true it is? But yeah, like you'll one, like this one already. This is a good, good, uh, good piece of trivia. I feel like I feel like wanted that that song in there. Beg Led Zeppelin to basically said it's, it's going it. in. I'll spend every dollar. Yeah, I, I read this fact, and, and yeah. so so like you know, so they shot the scene. They agreed, <clears throat> and they watched it. Like no, when the Libby's break is towards the end of side A or whatever, so it wouldn't be at the beginning of the record to be in the minute. So they had to they made redo that scene. Yeah, and love it's, that. It's amazing. That. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, but, it, yeah, but just great like that music, mu- nerdy music, vinyl yeah, stuff. Yeah, is that music cue is one of my one of my favorites. It's great. I love that Led Zeppelin actually watched the movie like and they took notice to those details that's pretty that was cool. more that's more than i expected from them yeah yeah you know what it reminded me of so i watched disaster artist mm-hmm. james franco after disaster artist said tommy wise up wise up was 99.9 percent thrilled with the movie yeah the two things he had issues with he said this the lighting in the opening scene was was bad and james franco goes he was wearing sunglasses during the opening scene then he took them off <laughs> So, like, this guy thought the lighting was his issue, but he had glasses on. <laughs> and the, and the other one was, the fo- he said, yeah. I don't throw a football like that. Uh, I, I don't throw a football yeah. like that. But, you're like, you do throw a football like that. Yeah, you saw right. the movie. <laughs> it's like, I throw it way better now. Way better. <laughs> Come on, James. I throw it for you. <laughs> we haven't brought up the catchphrase of this movie, which is... Right, lived on a little better than the other movie. I love movie, this. I love, I love is is Argo fuck yourself. I think that is the worst part of the movie. Are you are you serious? Really? Yeah. I still, I, that scene with Alan Arkin where he doesn't know what's going on. He just says that. I still, I I've always said Argo fuck yourself. Yeah, I, I, just, movie. I picture they did that one take and he's like Argo fuck yourself and they're like, all right, we got to make that work. You won't do another take. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I like, like that it. man. And, yeah, and it's like funny it. like I when I like it became a running gag between the guys. Yeah, yeah, it was like they were just like, boy, this is a this... real thing historically. Like that's a joke. That's Tony yeah, Mendez's like, favorite. Because, I like, joke. Oh, yeah, because... Hold on, I like, I like what you said. Yeah, it's just like he just said it, kind of in passing, and they just kind of left it in. But it's a real historical. But it's a real historical thing. Yeah. But that's how he comes off in the movie. <laughs> but and, and and like, it's basically we have this fucked project, like, and it's just like, ah, I'll go fuck yourself. Yeah, I'll go fuck yourself. He got a kick out of knock knock jokes and it. Okay, and yeah, and that's where right. he got the. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked I, it a lot. I liked it. Yeah. I actually have a, a a segment in my notes section for this episode called "Things That Are Lame," and that okay. is in it. I'm okay. not even joking. All right. I've gone okay, when, all we the the, uh, when we do the when we do the awards. I've gone all the other ones already. Okay. All right. So wow, he's not not an Argo because when I anyone I've told that we're recording for Argo, fuck yourself. Argo, no. they're gonna say they just say Argo, fuck yourself. I think anytime one of these movies has something that lives on in pop culture, I always get a kick out of it. I've that, never, you know? I Argo, fuck yourself. I've never heard in my life until yeah. I rewatched the movie. I don't even Kate, remember it the first time. I Kate watched and I it. say it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> still no, say it. Yeah. So the the airport scene. What else do we have to unpack in here with this? I love the the <sighs> the adversary here. The guard uh, rates exchanges checkpoint three intensity and intelligence moving the, the two super in control. Uh, Love the, the we get like, our Slumdog Millionaire phone call trope, though. With the, the sitting there the, waiting way too long, and then right before he's about to the hang up, they call. pick up. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's, Hollywood, that's Hollywood. Well, that's, it's Hollywood, sure. A million of them. And anyone who doesn't like flying, when you sit there and wait for that announcement wait for of the thing. drinks are now served. Yeah. Like, oh. We can't drink in Iran, I think. It was a Swiss well, flight. Yeah. No, but even going into Iran, they're like, we are now entering Iranian airspace. We need to collect all alcoholic beverages. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, that's a good call. You can't yeah. drink, like, Yeah, yeah, they, they, took, they, took, they took Ben Affleck's whiskey. Like, yeah, that they took me off. I was like, there's like, like... I can't finish the drink. There's a lot of drink Throw left. that shit back. There's probably an $18 yeah, drink and there's $9 left. I agree. <laughs> we did. Uh, but we, he also probably had like eight quote, of them. We can quote 
Inglorious Bastards, where there's a special place in hell for any man who wastes good whiskey. That's true. Amen. Before I brought up the plane, I, Real quick, I, have, an I, I have a nitpick. Too. Okay, yeah, I have okay. a nitpick here, too. Go ahead. Action, action nitpick here. All right, so they're rushing to the plane, you know, because they got, got to get, they found out that, that they're... they're oh, the, the guards. The guards are yeah. rushing to the plane. They try to smash their... The door is closed. The, the sliding door is closed. <laughs> Can't get it. All right. Smash it with the butt of the gun. Doesn't do anything. Back off. Shoot it. The Ben Affleck assault rifle. Shoots it. Blows it. And then smashes it with the butt again. Why does the door just fly open once the glass is broken? Like, what? Like what is the... Hollywood. Glass breaks. Door opens. Like, what? Like Hollywood. I have an issue with the plane. The cars are catching up to the plane. Like, they're side-by-side side as the plane takes mm-hmm. off. Planes take off at 170 miles an hour. Okay. Those plane, those Fair. cars are not That's next to the plane. Fair. I mean, when it takes it's, a, it's a it's a huge it's, it's a prequel to Fast and Furious, baby. <laughs> uh, uh, With yeah. the rock jumping out of the car, <laughs> landing, I mean, grabbing the wheel and pulling the cable at his head. I think if the luggage cart in Liar Liar can catch up to the plane... I know, that's then... another <laughs> Can we... <laughs> <laughs> then, then the Iranian army can catch up. Yeah, army, I mean, it's, come it's, on. It's a, Use it's, your movie it's power. A very, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very, it's a very fair nitpick. That's all you know, Hollywood at the end. The whole it's, end is, but like, is made but up. If, if we start, if we start doing this, we're gonna blow holes in every movie. And guys, is it not? Was it not the most fun part of the movie too? Like I, it was, I had it was, a blast. It was, it was it. The, opening, the whole it. opening sequence. And the whole ending sequence. Yeah, the airport. Are awesome. The airport, the entire thing in the airport is great. The whole yeah, third act. Ben Affleck basically getting drunk, showing up to the Canadian but ambassador's he's got that house. Michael Bay in his veins, so he has to have a car chase a so plane. I actually literally wrote, What do you guys think if Michael Bay filmed the whole escape scene? I wrote that. I think on my notes. I think he did. <laughs> there are no explosions though. I think these cars are chasing the plane and literally just yeah, there'd be explosions out of nowhere, oh, exploding and flying sideways. Like, yeah. Oh, like, they would have blowing the, them up. The, the, the cars wouldn't have been able to slow down before the barricades, right. And hit the barricades, <laughs> and the plane would take off with explosions in the background. <laughs> yeah, the plane would fly and, through the explosions. Yeah, so yeah. Now, even though that the cars didn't catch up with the plane, it doesn't really matter. Then Aerosmith kicks in. <laughs> the beginning and the end are awesome. Yeah, but now you kind of see what I'm saying about J- uh, Mike Jason Bay. God, <laughs> another, another hack. But, but, but Michael Bay seeping into Ben Affleck. I think he was around him too much as a young, as a young actor, and he's just Michael Michael Bay osmosis. So this is a good time to bring up. And when we record these, we always kind of throw out to Twitter. We let them know that we're recording, and we'll we'll throw it out there to see if anybody has something that they want to ask or something they want to discuss or or throw their kind of two cents of your question in. And regular contributor to the show, Catherine, Catherine Short, usually abides and hops in and, and throws her hat in the ring in this area. And this week is no different. That's at uh, Kathy Short on Twitter. And you can follow her. She's got a great blog where she uh, reviews every Oscar nominee and she's going through the... A lot um, of work. Yeah, a lot, a lot, lot, of, lot of content. A lot of content. She's great. Boy. Yeah, she does, a, does, a, does a, a very admirable very job. Very thorough. She asked us an Argo question this week. I'm going to read it off. Artie is going to give us an, an instant reaction because he, he prepares... He's hot out of the collar. He's ready to he's go. He's raring to go. <sighs> From Matt Kathy Short. It's Catherine Short. Here we go. In this film, Tony Mendez is portrayed as a reluctant hero, but the real-life figure has written multiple books about his experiences, as well as going to great lengths to promote himself. Do you think this mischaracterization hurts the film, and does historical 
accuracy matter? So Artie, you're going to feel this first, and I, I want to, I'm going to more react to the second part of the question is, does historical accuracy matter? Because it's something that's come up a couple times, but Artie, why don't you take the floor here? So there's three, three main points to this question that I see. And number one is, Grant, do you think he's portrayed as a reluctant hero? I do not. I don't either. Kieran Dio. I would say that that's not... I wouldn't call him reluctant. I wouldn't call him reluctant. So in movie in movie storytelling, a reluctant hero is a tarnished or ordinary man who has faults, which he has. Okay, so... so However, far, so he's pulled reluctantly into the story and into heroic acts. So while he has faults, I don't think at any point he expresses any reluctance to be involved in this. No, if anything, yeah. he's overly... He's overly it, he's not it. enthusiastic about it, but like emotionally, because yeah. one, he's a CIA agent, two, the odds aren't good. But he went, through, he, went, he went through great lengths to get this plan done. He's yeah, fully I, committed I, to it. I, mean, I would I, say, I would say, and, and this is just to, to read the question, what I thought maybe that she might have meant is, is, is that he's kind of a humble hero, and he, he's not about himself as he's doing it. He doesn't use his name, he gives a fake name, CIA, of course. Yeah. Uh, he, he gets the award that he has to give back, doesn't really do much to it. Reluctant, he's the one who triggers this to happen, even after the, the president's office has said you're not doing right. it. So, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think re reluctant is reluctant. the best way to describe it, I, but I, now, I, so if I could reword the question. Okay. If, if we're not going to call him a reluctant hero, we're going to call him as the movie portraying him as a subdued hero and not someone who's looking to get all the attention and get his name out there and get the award with the service. Okay, that's right. Is, He's doing his job. This right. is his job. This is right. what he signed up for. If, um, if, if we signed up for applause, we would join the circus. All right. Okay, yeah. Another right. right line. Right. So do you think that do you think that him doing all the all the books and doing all the exposure after the fact hurts the movie? So I uh, real quick, yeah, go I, ahead. I think that if they portrayed the character as someone who was a little more enthusiastic and and go getter, I don't think it would have affected the movie very much at all. I think it would have been fine. I think mm -hmm. it would have just been a different aspect to it. I like the fact that he's humble and subtle with his motivations and his enthusiasm, because he's a CIA agent, I think that adds to it. But if he was super enthusiastic, like the real Tony Mendez, I don't think it would take away from it. Um, we also, we also <clears throat> don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't read his article, I don't really know much about Tony Mendez. I would assume that him, that Tony Mendez pre- and post-retirement from the CIA are different. And right. I feel like maybe he was exactly... This nuance made this under the radar character when he was with the CIA because that's what's called for. Mm -hmm. And then when you retired and this all of a sudden under the Clinton administration, they guy, declassified. They, it, yeah, yeah it, gets, it gets declassified. So he's like, "I'm writing a book, baby." Yeah, why not? So, Let's yeah, tell my story. So, so yeah, I, I, I'm retired. I, so yeah. I, I don't. Declassified. So just, so just because they're the same person pre and post CIA are two very different people within the yes. same person. Yes. And you know what, Tony Mendez going out of his way to be. Big about his story is what led to Argo being made. Yeah. Yeah, and, and President Carter went as far to say he was one of the most important agents in the history of the CIA. Yeah. So I, I think once you're retired and everything you're doing is declassified. Now, listen, if you're out there talking about classified information, well, that's, that's not cool. That's treason. But yeah. the, second, <laughs> the second it's declassified, you write a book about it, fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and it's portraying him during his career. Right. It doesn't go into him after his career. Right. So, I, so I think it's, it's okay. It's two, two different animals. And then she asks whether or not we believe historical accuracy is important. Uh, does it matter? Yeah. And I want to take this one to start because I, 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 I've been on both sides of this on the podcast and I want to clarify my differences in the two sides. Mm -hmm. Because I think I said in a recent podcast, it might have been Man for All Seasons, where 
you I don't need to watch a movie and have every single fact be spot on, whether it's Titanic, whether it's A Man for All Seasons, right. whether it's Argo. Give me a movie. You know, it's okay if the it has, play, to, be enter- it, it has to be entertaining. It, it, entertaining. It has to be entertaining. And don't, don't let the facts get in the way of a good story here. This is storytelling. This is, I don't know who said yeah. it, but this, yeah. this is, this is a movie and I want to be entertained and I want it to be good. I don't need yeah. Michael Bay explosions that are completely illogical. But you want some, but you want something. Pew, pew, pew. Now, now that being said, I gave JFK a very hard time on this podcast. Well, JFK and, was propaganda. Yes. Here's the difference. <laughs> yeah. When you're using incorrect facts to manipulate perception yeah. of something like a conspiracy, that's not cool. Dude, that, that's, that, that's, that, that caused a lot of steps backwards. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's so they, you lie about the distance between the shooter and the target, literally just lie about the distance, yeah. and then say no trained Marine would ever miss that shot. Well, it fits the story. But someone watched the, the movie and goes, oh my God, but, oh, oh my so, God, Leon so Roswell didn't do it. So many of the JFK conspiracy theories are because of this report in this movie right. and, and how and how influential it was. Yeah. yeah. And if you're, and that's a movie, and if you're doing that As, in a documentary, then we got real problems. Sure. You know, I don't, even if it makes The Last well, Dance a little say, more stay, entertaining. Do not watch JFK documentaries on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it, it, when, in the world of documentaries, I think it's... Borderline your responsibility. It's not a documentary, though. No, 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 it's not. But I'm saying in the um, in the extremist documentaries. If you're in documentaries, you know what you're doing is actual propaganda, yeah. and you know you shouldn't be allowed to be doing. Well, what that's you're doing. different. Yeah. It, that's the extreme, right? And if you're doing it in movies, portraying real events to put an agenda out to to change someone's perception on something, that's not cool either. To the me. saying at the beginning of movies is based. On a true story or inspired by true events. It does not say this is exactly how it happened. Okay. And the one movie that does happen is Fargo, and that's not real. Right. Up. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the original one where it's like that is. That, it's a, that it's was just, played into that's the That's based heart on of it. truth, though. It's isn't it? so loosely no, based. It's like, it's, 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 it's like they take they take stuff from Ed Gein. Yeah, and like they, they used it to yeah, scare it's, people. It's not. They used that. They were the first well, ones to use that. Tech. Yeah, of course. It's the But I would say a, a much more malignant version of this is um, is uh, remember the Titans, mm. where like where they have um, you know the star football player gets in the car accident right before the championship game. Meanwhile, it wasn't until like five years after. Yeah. Oh, they just reworked it to make it yeah, better. They, so they, yeah, he was he played in the championship game and everything. And right, but that's you know but the, again yeah, that's not that's that's harmless. Like that, that's what I mean. Like and, and, and convincing I think someone that there's no possible way that a trained marine could have missed the shot from that distance, right? And and putting it out there as fact makes people believe that it was a conspiracy, and yeah. that's not healthy. That's yeah, not, no, not, I, that's I think, not the purpose of making movies. Yeah, I think I you're think, manipulating people. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you on the JFK yeah. thing. Yeah. So. But uh, I think, you know, when you're talking about, like, Gladiator, like, Braveheart's very inaccurate. But it's it's a good story, and it's not dangerously inaccurate. Right, right. And there's And who the fuck knows the accurate story? So who cares? Like, like unless you, know, you go mean, and I mean, research I mean, William Wallace and look up the whole story... You, it, the movie's amazing. That's enough, oh, no, I but, get but, it. But, but, no, what I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking Braveheart no, because of course. I'm just, I'm just like... Uh, in some cases, it really doesn't matter. Right, right. of course. Part, it so, doesn't matter. So my answer to Catherine's second part of her question would be, no, historical accuracy does not matter. Unless, unless it is a movie that is trying to parade itself around as a historical like, documentary. If, if, they did, if Braveheart did something where it's like, 
William Wallace was actually an alien the whole time. Like, okay, now I have a problem because it's so fucking. But, but then, but then there are movies like Inglorious Bastards where we're just changing history and it works. And yes, it doesn't matter. That's, right, that's, that's Tarantino. Very works. clearly fiction, I, alternate I, fiction, historical I, fiction. That's fine, but there's true elements. I'm just saying historical yeah. accuracy doesn't matter. Uh, I would in most. Hollywood movies. In I don't book, care about I the say, I would say 95. Take liberties. I would say 95% of it doesn't matter. Take I liberties. Ha- I have an asterisk here where I have to be guilty of saying that I was annoyed by it, and that's Moneyball. And yeah. that's just the baseball nerd in me and the person who's lived it. When when you start changing facts about the season to make the movie better, I just get annoyed because I'm too close to it, I think. Moneyball also omits like 60 to 70% of the reason they were successful that year. They don't even talk about because it doesn't fit the narrative. Right. However, I really like Moneyball. Okay, I love, so I love so because it, so I don't I care about historical I leave it on every time yeah. it's on. I admit my own guilt in just being too close to the subject with that. Where it's just like and I, I, and I, I, I you know too story. much about and the history. If you're a William Wallace expert and you watch Braveheart, you're gonna be annoyed, right? So but so I'm 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 mutually excluding myself in that topic. So it's not it's not Yeah. So I mean it's up to, up to a point, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And the point's very very far away from us. And in Argo, I think it actually adds to the movie it makes by it adding dramaticism it it at the end. If this is like it worked, we're getting on the plane, yeah. we're going home, no the one movie's would, over. No, it, it wouldn't be movie movie What the hell happened? It wouldn't be you know? You gotta make it Hollywood. You gotta make it Hollywood, baby. Yeah. Okay, we're on to the awards. We're on Buddy, to the awards Buddy. here. Why can't I remember how to do that? <laughs> Buddy. Buddy. We're on to the awards now. And we made it. We made it through... Uh, it's like band practice all over again. We made it out of Iran <laughs> and back to the task in hand here. MVP. Yes. This is oh, where wait. we give out the most valuable player award of the movie. Anyone want to go for it? Grant? I had a hard I, time with this. You know, you go first. Maybe you'll take okay. mine. All right. So I also didn't have an easy time with this one. But I am not going to overcomplicate it. I think the MVP of this movie is Ben Affleck. And... Okay. I'm not necessarily going to say Ben Affleck as an actor. Okay. I'm not necessarily going to say Ben Affleck as a director, but I'm going to more go in the producer and the visionary of this movie. He had the ethereal Affleck. Yeah, it, it's partially the director because I love I love certain things decisions sure. he made as a director. Okay. I don't think it's a wonderfully directed movie in comparison to the other movies we discuss. Yeah. I think he does, a, he does a nice job directing. I just think in the context of this movie, it doesn't happen without him taking every little piece and putting it together. Having the vision, we went through the journey of his career, and yeah. it's quite a journey. For him, to look, land, for him to land here is a miracle. Yeah, yeah. And I look at, at the, the flaws of his... And to keep the confidence. Like, I know my vision will work. Like, yeah. Where, yeah. Where, what audacity do you have? You're just in four horrible movies. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you think this is gonna work? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. He, he did. He, he did have the town. He did have Gone Baby Gone to kind of boost. Yeah, there, of, there's but, something like, there, but this is, he, he took he the next crawled, step. He crawled out of a well to make. He this crawled movie. out of a well. He yeah. took the next step. I think he, although he casted himself aggressively into the main role, yeah. he did. He did a he smart a job, job of taking yeah. a step back, letting some of the other actors. Own some it's of a, the scenes. It's a story. It's not a character-driven movie. It's a story-driven movie. Yes. You know, it's it's not like it's not like there will be blood. Where it's, it's all each, about the character. At each point, each character has an important part. Yeah. Like Cranston at one point is very important. Very important. Yeah. Um, the 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 guy who's not into it at the end, yeah. explaining the storyboards becomes very important. Yeah. It, the story yeah, and, carries and, the movie. And yeah. and while all the pieces of this movie matter, I think that the the puzzle isn't there without Affleck. And he yeah. it was his vision. I don't disagree. He assembled it. 
He made it happen. He campaigned the shit out of it to get an Oscar. Oh, and- I actually have written as my MVP is Ben Affleck, more so directing and some acting. Okay. Okay. So like you pretty much nailed on it. Like mm-hmm. yeah, the vision. Like yeah. It, directing isn't perfect. He has a lot of good elements I really like. Mm-hmm. The fact that he just had the confidence to, to go with it, and his acting is is not bad. It's, it's I actually would call it good. Yeah. And the character doesn't call for much. It's stay out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stay out of the way while, you know, doing good in while the, the movie. While the movie happens. While the movie happens. Yeah. And he, he does a good job. Since we talked a lot about Alan Arkin, I will... Excuse him from the MVP conversation. He was my okay. other one. We did not really talk about Brian Cranston a lot. He's my runner-up. We, we did not talk about him a lot. He kills it in yes, this he movie. He, um, he delivers my favorite line of the movie, where he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to get the chief of staff on the phone. And he's like, give me the chief of staff. How do I find him? We're a fucking spy agency. Find him. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. And... Uh, <laughs> There's and, another line at the beginning of the movie. I think it's Coach Taylor. Is that who you keep calling yeah, him? Whatever yeah, his name yeah. is. He goes, he's like, we're a fucking intelligence agency. We didn't see a revolution coming. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I Kyle, love that line. Kyle Chandler's the actor. He's, yeah. yeah. Um, so, Brian, yeah, Brian Cranston gets my MVP. He is, he is the perfect guy on the inside, kind of keeping the go-between between Ben Affleck and the CIA going. He's, he's, he's great at this. Yeah, and, and in classic Walter White fashion, the, yeah. he's the calm, soothing voice. Until he's and not. And time to fucking go! He's yeah. ready to get after it. Yeah, and, and yeah, he's, he's, he's awesome. He's absolutely yeah, awesome. Yeah, they say, like, whenever he gets the idea, um, when they get the idea approved by uh, Waldorf and Stadler. <laughs> like, yes. They're like, and uh, he's like, we have a bunch of ideas. None of them are good. And he's like, so this is... The best the bad he's bad idea. He's like, yeah. He's, he's like, like, so, yeah, he's like um, this is our best bad idea by far. By far, just <laughs> 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 brilliantly delivered. What if, if you're gonna, to the bike idea? <laughs> if you're gonna have movie. a guy walking obtuse. around, if you're gonna have a guy frantically walking around an office barking out orders, Brian Cranston's the perfect. perfect. Oh guy. yeah, because the coiled Michael spring. Bay wishes he discovered Brian Cranston before Ben Affleck did for like Armageddon, like Billy Bob Thornton's role. Yeah, oh, like God. a perfect. Barking out orders, walking around, guy. This is a yeah. Bo- what do you think of that, here? <laughs> Brian a- Cranston for Billy Bob. This is a bad. Yeah, he's rubbing his beard. He's rubbing his beard. On the wheel, on the his beard. This is a bad idea, and you fucking know it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like what Chris G said with Tom Cruise in, in Rain Man, the coiled spring, where yeah. you're just you're calm, you're calm, you're calm, and then boom, yeah, ready to go. Coiled spring, good, good, good stuff. And your runner up, you said was Alan Arkin. Are you yeah. didn't like Alan Arkin? I, li- I like the uh, like runner the, up for LV. Too. Yeah, love, love it. Wow. So. Let's go LVP then. He's your runner for LVP. Who's your LVP? My main LVP is the head of security at the beginning. The guy who goes outside to talk to <laughs> Paul Ward, basically. <laughs> going outside to reason with them. Immediately gets tackled and blindfolded. Yeah, great fucking idea to reason with an angry mob that speaks a different language. Is this guy kidding me? So, he's my LVP. Okay. He could, and like Joey says, Joey R., the guy with the worst lines is his LVP. This yeah, guy right. is like, he's, he's, yeah. he sucks. Okay, I can't argue with and that. And Alan Arkin's my, my, my runner-up because mm-hmm. I just don't like his, his performance in this. Okay. In baseball, they say you throw your dick on the field <laughs> and expect to win. But he also has, for me, one of my, my runner-up for best quote, uh, Alan Arkin. They're watching the news, he and John Goodman, when he's over in, Ben Affleck's over in Toronto, he's like, bad news, bad news. 
Even when it's good news, it's bad news. John Wayne's in the ground six months, and this is what's left of America. <laughs> nice. I think that's a that's a great line. Very nice. Yeah, I'm I'm an I'm an Arkin fan of this. Yeah, I love Alan Arkin. I just I, thought I, I like he just this, showed yeah. up, you know, um, threw it out there and respected yeah. it. All right, my LVP is Carrie Bechet, who plays Kathy Stafford. That was the uh, the other girl. Okay. The other girl, the other female house mm-hmm. guest. Um, the photographer or the other one? The photographer. Okay. She was supposed to be the emotional core of this house guest. She was the one that was the most, by far the most frazzled, the most on edge. But she just felt very one note to me and it just didn't capture, to me, it didn't capture the emotions like it they like they set out to for me. Yeah. I mean, that's... That's fair, and that's going to be similar to mine. A nice segue to my LV, okay. LVP. And and my LVP in this one is, it's going to be a group. It's going to be LVPs. Okay. The sex. And I'm going to excuse Clea Duval because of my love for her as, as a child. Because <laughs> she's hot. In, in the young movies. <laughs> no, well, yeah. well, because she was hot, you know, in 98 when I was in middle school. And I'm going to excuse the other female in the okay. group because she's hot now, and you know I, she's beautiful, and I, you know, I'm, I'm okay with her. I liked, I liked having her on screen. She was, she was a warm presence on screen. And these six were clearly undeveloped. I mean, I think we all said that they spent more time on the mission than them. But then, and that's fine. That's not what the movie was. The other four jackasses: the jackass of diamonds, the jackass of spades, the jackass of hearts, and the jackass of clubs. Jackass of, of spades will be the guy from from. Um, Days and confused. Slater. Yeah, right. Because I, I like I like that he was in this. It's fun, but like when we're doing the rundown and the films, ooh, he's the eccentric one. I'm like, oh, the, the one that doesn't speak. Like, wait, doesn't know <laughs> no, one he's line. He's a bit of a weirdo yeah, when he's yeah. showing the middle yeah, finger. Yeah, like, ooh, like this guy's lines. gonna be like the comic relief. It's like he didn't even talk. They probably he's probably just a bad actor that cut all his lines out. <laughs> the two other guys, I couldn't distinguish one from the other. Okay. Or not the director. No, I can't either. Right. The one, two I, I couldn't figure the it dwarfs. out. It didn't help that they were changing their looks up because they were trying not to hide from they the... Both they look- did a good job of hiding from the Iranian police because they hid from it the entire movie. <laughs> they both reminded me of Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that just made me like him less. And and the director, I mean, come he, on. He's this one of my guy recast. sucks. He, I mean, he stinks. Oh, you're the director? Yeah. Come on. Bad, bad, bad. The four of them... The four of them can just get on the LVP boat, and we can cast them off the set. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't need them. They're, You're not wrong. Underdeveloped, and in a movie where you have so many wonderful it's, supporting actors. I, but I give me Bob Gooten in the they, four. They, I'll, I'll take the very, warden in there. They, they made. I, I feel Ben Affleck or Chris Terrio, the writers, made a very conscious decision to make this more, more like a spy thriller movie than a human story. Yeah, the, yeah. It, it could have, it could have easily have gone the other way, but it would have been some a twenty four art house movie that nobody would have seen but it would have been you know it would have tugged at the heartstrings and it would have really felt for these people uh, it's, it, it, they, their it, job they, in the movie is to learn how to get out right. not to no, and, and my, my problem though Grant is you have 127 speaking parts in this yeah. movie and, and, and six, they, and they, the, six people were the folk of the point they, of the movie we can't develop them better we can't we can't they put, put an actor they put in there the with fo- some, they put the focus on they put the focus on the spy end that's what they did yeah. Like, yeah I, I, listen, okay. I, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's a different strokes for a different folks thing. Karen, they probably, There's a lack of value there. Yeah. No, there is. I, I agree. I, I feel like they are the, you, you do want to, you do, in a situation like that, you want them to make it. You want to want them to make it. 
Yeah. So making them likable, making them relatable is a key factor to it. And they wasn't and that and, wasn't And I did get that with the actresses. I know the one you did you didn't but like I I thought I felt I felt the other with um I thought the actresses did a good job. I agree. Honorable mention. So this is the old we uh throw participation a, a participation award. award. The participation yes. award which is essentially the honorable mention. We throw a little uh a little trophy little out bone. to someone who needs Yeah, throw the bone to someone. Give give some love. Someone or something. Uh, I, go, I, have, I have like seven written, so you right, well, I, I can go first while you whittle, you whittle that down. No, yeah, help me whittle it down. Uh, mine is uh, the how accurate the looks are in the casting. I feel like that is something I always I'm a sucker for something like that when you have Loved it. actors that look just like their historical counterparts, um, and the fact that everyone can act too is something to mm-hmm. something impressive. Um, so that whole ending scene where you have the side by side of the idea of the real person compared to the actor, great, it's great, fa- fantastic. Yeah, the, and already if, if you still have the rental space on it, I don't know when you do when you get home. Watch the closing credits. I will. I haven't you, done oh, it. It's I great. Will. It's I great. Will. And you can just see good. how much these these. It's people, really that's impressive. The other thing though is the six didn't even look. You don't think that, so? Some of them did. Some I feel of them like, did. I feel like the only one that I feel like the only one that didn't was my LVP. So I feel like she was the only one that didn't look like. The director had a little bit too. Oh, the, well, the director was much but like, older. But yeah. to, but to have the like, director looked like but Ted to have Kennedy. major actors like like Kyle Chandler and John Goodman looking exactly like the people who were trying yeah. is incredible. You I mean you got to see Kyle Chandler. It's, it is like well, the John Goodman one is a blow away. Like oh, yeah. blow away. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a it's um it's a dead ringer with Kyle Chandler. Yeah, and yeah. who who we're going to lead in is my honorable mention. I, I have he's great. Kyle Chandler, old yeah. Coach Taylor, and we didn't mention his role in uh, Bloodline too. The lead in Bloodline. Bloodline. Highly recommend the okay. show. Really fun show. Uh, takes place in the Florida Keys. About a family who yeah, yeah, owns a resort sure. down there. Awesome stuff. Ben yeah. Mendelsohn in that, too. Right. He's another incredibly He's underrated actor. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I just love having him in there. I love having Coach, Coach Taylor stomping around, you know, getting tight with people. Yeah. Seriously. Love, love yeah. And just the fact that he looked like the guy and, and went to the same colleges together, both Georgia Bulldogs. Is that right? Uh, yeah, they got his portrait, too. So it's, uh, I, he's, he's my honorable mention. I'll throw it out there. My participation, you actually mentioned one. It was the costume slash like vintage feel of the whole okay. the whole movie. Yeah. The mustard and avocado. That was a yeah. runner-up for me. <laughs> uh, Cranston is my runner-up, my participation. Okay. The, okay. The, yeah, the, the guy, the whole third act, the guy makes the third act. He, he brings the intensity. Running around, getting the tickets cleared. The, he's awesome. The I, whole, and then at the end when he sees Ben Affleck and he's like, all right, I bring my autograph book. He's like, you're going to give me an award and take it back? He's like, yeah, pretty much. I want to throw a little, just a, a little notable fact out there is uh, Jack Kirby is the artist who made these stills. Okay. So, and and he's a revolutionary comic artist. The Mar- he's a Marvel guy. He did the Avengers. Yeah. He did the Hulk. Wait, he made the stills Captain for America? America? So the guy who, the no, bogus... the, no, the, no, the real life guy, like the guy who did it for that mission. Okay. Was the creator of Captain America and the creator of he and, the he Avengers and, Stan, and the he creator and Stan of Hulk. were the creators of basically everyone in Marvel. But he, he wow. Was, but he was the yeah. artist. Yeah. He was wow. the artist. So he did the stills for this mission. That's probably the coolest thing about wait, the whole so that, yeah. so that was that was supposed to be Jack Kirby when because you meet the artist of the stills. Yeah. Is that supposed to be Jack, Jack Kirby? Jack Kirby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's really and, interesting. And a, just a, a little kind of uh, coincidental fact is the number one grossing movie of this year 2012, The Avengers. So That's just kind funny. of a nice little connection. It We're going to do our Time Machine recast. No. Okay. Time Machine recast. 
take anyone, any part of time, get them in the old hot tub time machine, put them out into this movie, cast them in there, any spot you want, major, minor. Anybody want to go first? Grant, Grant's hot on it. We uh, we can't, we we skipped over this scene and it's it's fine. Um, no, it's it's fine because it it doesn't do a lot. But, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm not <laughs> mad at all. It's all right. Oh, these notes are worthless. Um, no, but it's when uh, when Tony Mendez meets the the British OSS officer, and he kind of gives him a run as like, oh, we should go to the consulate first and all that. Yeah, the uh, the Turk the scenes in Turkey. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know who that that British actor was. Mm-hmm. It should be Sean Bean. I like that. And because uh, I feel like I feel like you have a famous face everywhere. Might as well just get a famous British Let's actor. Let's get Ned Stark in the mix. Another yeah. another TV MVP. Yeah, you know, just, just get there. just get another famous just get another famous like face it. in there, and just you know have him just same same dialogue and all that stuff, but just double oh six. Yeah, Let's put him in the mix. Yes, Trevelyan. I want to replace Richard Kind. Okay, you know who that is. Oh, I know Richard yeah. Kind. Is. The it guy, the guy that they they want to buy. I want to replace him with John Favreau. I think he'd be great. I think John Favreau would do. Okay. That job a little funnier, a little more lovable. That guy's oh, kind of he's he's very lovable. He's a little dicky. I he's love Richard Kind. Yeah, so is John Favreau. Okay, in a and more want, in a more redeeming yeah. way. I We're gonna think. have to age him up a little bit. Well, I, so that's one of the you know one of the few I have. That's uh, oh, I don't I don't hate that. I, I think he I, I like think it. that would be a great exchange. That'd be yeah. a good a good solid. That'd team. be a cool cat. So yeah. I have I have three more and then the winner. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll, I have. Really I have. Quick? I could. I really quick. Really right, go, quick. For, go for it. Real quick. For it. So Zel, Zelko Ivanic, that guy. Mm-hmm. The, I'd replace him with Billy Bob Thornton, doing the same job of the PowerPoint presentation as Billy Bob does in Armageddon. I like. I like Billy Bob as in Cranston? the Cranston role. Yeah. If you couldn't get, Cranston, I wouldn't. I wouldn't you can't take Cranston. I can't out. recast that's, Cranston. That's a movie. Right. Uh, the director Tate Donovan, the guy who plays the director mm. of the yeah. six. I'd replace him with the guy who plays Shooter McGavin. Joseph and Donald. I like that. I like that. Right. You know what? I do. I do like that a lot. <laughs> I so, like that a lot. All right, thank you. Uh, I would replace the Canadian ambassador, the guy who houses everyone. Okay. Oh, we and we didn't mention him. He's awesome. Very notable for his role in Titanic. I love. Yes. I love he's the, the ship he is the, uh, the, the the ship, ship designer. designer. Yeah. Right. 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 The architect. Whatever. And that's a classic. Where do I know this guy from? Yeah. And he's and he's really good at it. Again, yeah, looks he's, exactly he's, like the guy. This is, movie made me look up seven people. Like, um, Where do I know him? From? He's fantastic. He's my he's my favorite character in Titanic. I love yeah. his character in Titanic. Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah. Great. So I would replace him with Christopher Walken. Ooh. And just give a little bit of wow. memorability to that, that character. That changes the movie. Well, he only has a few lines, and they're whispers. Yeah. So now having Christopher Walken in there gives a little intensity to those whispers. You better really dial in Christopher Walken for that, because that's there could be a distraction. It looks nothing like the whole movie. I'm not going by that. I'm not going by that. You could make him look like him a little bit, I guess. Okay. I don't know. You know, and I, my winner. All right. Before you do that, the director, a, a guy to throw out there, William Peterson, who's uh, he's in the CSI movies. He's he's uh, oh, the lead in Manhunter. Was, was he in Fear? He was Renee. He was Reese Witherspoon's dad in Fear. Yeah. Okay. Looks like the guy. I think well, could could work it. Yeah. It's, Who would he be? The director. The director, okay. the director role. Okay. Could All see right. it too. The other guy I was thinking for the director is Damian Lillard from Billions. Okay. But he would distract that. from the movie. All right, let me give you mine. We'll give you. We'll go back and do your winner. Okay, so I need I need someone with some some gusto here in, in our some, in our Ford some jackasses punch. that I just cast off into into the Iranian mob. 
I want in that mix the we'll put make it the sassy guy, the guys who's you know we're not doing this. I want Paul Giamatti, and I want negotiator Paul Giamatti. Negotiator style Paul Giamatti in that mix with the six. Okay. Given really given the sass to Ben yeah. Affleck, I think he fits right. In. All of a sudden now we're we're in it with that crew as the director. Uh, as, no, 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 no. As, as the the one of the married guys, as the dick, yeah, the, the guy contrarian, against the it. contrarian. Yeah, he's just sitting here. Why are we still sitting here? No. So the reason did I steal yours? No, the reason oh, I, I shook phenomenal if I did. The <laughs> reason I shook my head when you said that is because these are my notes, and at the bottom I have Paul Giamatti, and I couldn't find a way to get him into uh, the movie. Yeah, throw him in the throw him in the. I six. couldn't find a way to get him into the yeah. movie, but so my winner for this though okay. is I would replace Alan Arkin's character with Burt Reynolds from Boogie Nights. Yeah, doing that's, the same thing. I mean, that's great. That's doing good. the same I think, thing. Yeah. I yeah. think. I think that would give a little uh, more. That's also an Oscar award when Oscar award nominated role. Yeah, he's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I yeah. think that same character, that producer doing porn, whatever. But doing yeah, just the just the, just the industry veteran, yep, the character, yeah. the whole. The, 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 he would add the jargon, a, he everything. would add a sarcastic tone to that. That would I think be great. I think, great improve the, I think he'd improve that role. Yeah, so I, that I love Arkin. I don't necessarily need to recast him, but yeah, I think Burt Reynolds would be, would be great in that. So real quick, I got, I got two more. Sorry, Kieran. Yes. So all right. So, so one, one for one for less is uh, he just doesn't have to recast him. Just throw him in. Throw him. Throw in the Iron Sheik at the Angry Mob at the bazaar. <laughs> oh boy. I would expect that out of Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. What's, what's bad about that? But if, if Ben Affleck didn't want to direct himself, um, okay, interesting. We didn't. T- I'm surprised we didn't touch that. I wanted the yeah. Brendan B category. Yeah. Recast right. in your MVP. I think the I think a really great recast for Tony Mendez would be uh, Pedro Pascal and. He, oh, from, from Game of the Thrones. Mandalorian. Mandalorian, but from Game of Thrones, he's from Narcos. He fits the seventies. He fits right. the seventies aesthetic really, really well. Yeah, he looks a lot. He looks at the time. He looks more. He looks like. Uh, it would have been great. That's he looks great like recast. he looks like Tony Mendez. Yeah, like that would have been good. Okay, I have my last little recast. I'm going to hold off for another segment. But before we do that, scene in the movie. Oh, my mine was the table read mixed with the. Iranian hostages. Yeah, that's a good answer. That's a great. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that that's, really kind of it. Kind of it. Kind of shows you what the movie's all about. And yeah, mine's Alan Arkin getting the guy to sell the script. Okay. Oh. That slow zoom on his face as he makes up the story. Another is just such a. That is such a. a it, that is like a beautiful piece of art in the middle of a thriller. Like the wow. zooming in on Alan Arkin as he makes this story up. I mean, the bullshit industry. Great. It's, yeah. it's and you're ragging on Brendan B, but you put your LVP in the scene of the movie. <laughs> so my scene of the movie is a little... I, I kind of like both of your answers better than mine. Um, okay. Because I think that like artistically you're both right. Like One from artists from more of like a levity standpoint. And, and I think like as far as movie making goes, Grant, I would think that, that yours is probably... I just have the opening scene. Uh, the, the opening, the yeah. overtaking of the of the consulate. I think it just it, it, it get it sets the tone for the movie. What it, it gets does, you what in. What it does, it shows the stakes. Yeah, and, and, and it shows it shows yeah. exactly what these six hostages are looking at if things go wrong. And I just just something about loving a movie that starts hot. You yeah. know, like let's start hot. Let's, get, yeah, let's starts, go. Starts let's go. go. You know, we're on the same page with this movie because that was my runner up. Yeah. Literally, look, whole opening scene. Like that's the the runner up for this. I, I love that scene. Next is our could, could Rob Zombie remake this movie, and I, I think that the answer is a resounding no. You know, we don't we don't need we don't need Rob Zombie 
uh, remaking I can't, I can't political see him doing a political non-fiction. thriller, but I feel but, like somebody disagrees. All right, Some, Artie, I could disagree more. All right, Artie disagrees. <laughs> but again, maybe we haven't seen the depths of what Rob Zombie's capable of. It seems like he's heading in the wrong direction with his last few. But I, think, I, I, think, I think we've seen it. I do want to, however, throw him out there as my last recast. And I'm going to put Rob Zombie, and this is completely ruins the movie, I would agree. This is why I kept it out of that segment specifically and put in this one. When it's time for them to find the makeup artist that's going to get going on this, they're going to step on the, the set of a Rob Zombie movie and go to Rob himself and say, Rob, we need you to make us a movie. And this movie he's that's going in our rand is going to be it. a Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, so I have, and, I have some details about that. Involved. Okay, and then I'll hand it off to you because again, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that Ben didn't get on on board with Rob and, and make that happen because I think that that would have completely made this movie absurd. Would have been his next Julie. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, Artie, it seems like you took the ball and ran with this one. Yeah, so they wouldn't be making a sci-fi movie; they'd be making some kind of German Scheiser film. With horrible, horrible murder porn. So, like, when they, they're rehearsing the scenes, like, oh, where, where are you from? Where, you know, what's, what's your dad's name? Where, what's he do for a living? They, they'd be rehearsing awful scenes. Mm-hmm. They'd know, be shot on sight. With excrement. Yeah, you know. Everyone's crying. You know, no one, it's a very awful scene. Um, hey, I mean. <laughs> having said that, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, you know. <laughs> That's if, it. If the, if the Iranian people are like, there's no way. That anyone realistic is making this movie, they're like, "Oh well, you haven't seen Rob Zombie's library here. Yeah, check yeah. out the House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah. House of Twenty Thousand Corpses, <laughs> House of Three Point Five Million Corpses." <laughs> yes. So I just, th- I, so, I did it like if so Rob sim- Zombie similar to me, where you, you it, it, he's not Rob Zombie's not going to direct Argo, but he could if he was given liberties to make this movie. That's how I did it. If he had his vision for Argo. So the 1 to 92 category, we can now kind of merge this This, into the 1 to 15. Because we just ripped our 15. This is what I struggled with the most. Yeah, it's tricky. I thought this was easy. Because this is a movie that, just as a movie, I really like. There aren't many action movies that won Best Picture. But when when, you compare it to the others. When when you compare it to Oscar movies, it's 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 really hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. I want to throw this out there because Ben Affleck was not nominated for director. Yeah. And then you look at that, it's kind of weird. And there's very few movies where you're not nominated for director and you win Best Picture. Right. It hadn't happened since Driving Miss Daisy in 89. It was the last time that happened. And the last time that a movie wasn't nominated for Best Director or either Lead Actor, Lead Actress, and won Best Picture, was it clean 80 years going back to 1932 Grand Hotel. Wow. So that's, a, that's like, for it to not have any of those three major characters, even a nominee and win Best Picture, it's kind of a weird one. And we're going to get into a little bit when we talk the other nominees. But I want to talk about the director first of this. Okay. Is this one of the weakest directed movies that we've covered so far? I would say yes. I mean, Crash and, I'd say Crash and Broadway Melody are a little lower. Yeah. I think that Going My Way is probably a better directed movie. Maybe not. I mean, Affleck did some great it. things. He did some great things in this. There, I don't know how complete it was. It's it's a it's a movie that it's a movie that lacks that lacks depth, and I feel like that falls on that. I feel like that is a responsibility that falls on the director. It doesn't have a lot of touch to it. It's a it's a well it's a you know, it's a good movie and I love it, but it's it's not what it's not what you look for. 
Yeah, it's it's set under great parameters. Like he set the stage perfectly. Yeah. He did it. He he made the the, the actor's character act. He got, got everything in the right setting. I think you you said a great grammar. It's just like there's a little bit of lack of touch, a little lack of depth, and I think that's on the director. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And on top of that, he wins the the Golden director's Globe. guild, the the Golden Globe and the director's yeah. guild award, which is chosen by the directors. So. Yeah. It's not like he, he like everyone looked at this and said, this guy can't direct at all. Right. So it's just it's kind of weird that he didn't get nominated. It's, for an, that it's, Oscar. it's a really odd, it's a really odd breakdown of just how everything happened. Yeah. It's isn't this strange. one of the situations though? Isn't it this? What is this? Two thousand ten. Twelve. Twelve. There's ten movie nominees, but there's five director nominees. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Django Unchained is up. Life of Pi is up. Lincoln is up. They're getting three of those five nominees right off the bat. Yeah, I don't think Django was nominated for director. Quentin Tarantino wasn't nominated for director. I don't think he director. was. So the nominees for director were Ang Lee, Life of Pi, Ben Zatillion, Beasts of Southern Wild, David O. Russell, Silver Linings Playbook, Michael Hankey, Amore, and Steven Spielberg, Lincoln. So you have Tarantino snub there, too. And yeah. Catherine Bigelow snub. So, oh, okay. so, yeah, a little, a little tricky there with that. When you compare it to the other 50 movies that we, we did, I mean, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a way cleaner movie than Crash. Yeah. I think it's a better movie than Crash. I'm going to watch this over Chicago. I have it over Chicago. You know, I don't know mm. if it quite gets into the top 10. Is it better than a Shakespeare in Love for me? Is it better than a... It's definitely more watchable than in A Man for All Seasons. I think in the 1 to 92... You know, I don't know where you guys stand, but I mean, I think it's going to be in the bottom 20, probably, unfortunately. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I hate, like, like, that's the thing, like, I hate saying it, because I tricky. like it so much. But These it, are all I good movies. Yeah, but it's, well, they're not, no, they're not, they're not all good movies. But um, the ones, like, we've talked about, yeah. I mean, they're mostly pretty good. I, I feel, yeah, I feel like, so what, the bottom, the bottom 20 is in the 70s? 70 and up, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably put it in the '60s somewhere. There, there's enough. There's enough in that movie to kind of to have it at the top of the lower third, maybe. Yeah. You know, there's enough. There's enough going on with it. There's, there's, there's good enough. There's good enough performances. Good enough dialogue and tension and all that stuff to kind of. It's not because it's, it's not a boring it's, movie. It's a very tricky one to place. What, yeah. what are you thinking, Artie? I have it at ten out of the out of the sixteen. I've okay. Seen. Um, I haven't seen Going My Way or A Man for All Seasons, but I bump Shakespeare in Love out of my top ten to make it number ten. Okay, and it's funny that you mention that because that's about where I have this too is Ben right. Affleck and Ben Affleck. It's right. it's kind of that in Shakespeare in Love and Man for All Seasons in that kind of mix. And you said it's the other kind of top, the other kind of nonfiction movie that we talked about. I, I think that it's, right now as it stands, we're probably the lowest be 12 behind Shakespeare in Love and the highest be 10 yeah. ahead of Man for All Seasons. And that's kind of in the mix where so I have it right now. Below my, Out of the 15 I, that we've covered so far. I basically only have Shakespeare in Love, Broadway, Melody, and Chicago below it. And then, and one other. And Crash. And Crash. And yeah. then two I haven't seen. Yeah. So like, it's better than those four. My yeah, idea. and the question is when the other movies get in, where's it going to populate? And you Probab- say 60s probably, or 70s? Probably 69, yeah. 75, right that, that area. There's yeah. probably some old ones I don't like. It's It just knocks out American Beauty to me. I have it at, yeah, I have it at 10, knocking out American okay, Beauty. Okay, so we we'll all kind of have the same kind of idea with it. We'll see if that holds the... Holds the, the ranks as it goes. It, it, might, it might sing. One to five performances. One being oh, one sure. being 
as low as it gets on the scale, five being top-notch Best Picture winner. Right. Three. I'll give it a three. There's well, some really good ones and some kind of, all right, whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... It's not blow away. It's we're, not we're, higher than a three for me. We're doing performances now? Performances. Acting performances. Yeah, it's... One to five. Yeah, three. It's not higher than a three. No. There's no standout performance in this. Arkin is the one that was awarded. Arkin. And the fact that you disliked it so much makes me, you know, wonder how accessible it was. It's I mean, Ar- Ar- Arkin and Cranston are good, but they're basically, they, they, they kind of just deliver great lines. Yeah, I think when you have 127 speaking roles, it's a little tough for anybody to re- and have their voice be, really and, heard. And people, and people that should have bigger roles don't. Like the like the hot you know the house guests they should have bigger roles and they yeah don't. house shot let's say I don't know I'll give it a somewhere four four five maybe I I fully agree with that it's shot very well yeah they're, they're definitely higher than I a like, four but I, it's not a five yeah I like I it's like not, it's not a three it's not average it's I, well I, shot I like that Ben Affleck made a very conscious decision to make it feel like a seventies movie mm-hmm. um, that carries. That carries it a long way for me. Yeah, it, we didn't talk about the cinematographer Rodrigo Prieto, a notable cinematographer. He did Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. He did Babel. He did Brokeback Mountain. Cinematographer for all those, and most recently The Irishman. So he's worked with Marty. He's a, he brought in a legit guy. He's, brilliant. Mean, he's brilliant. Yeah, nominated three times, and uh, I mean it's shot. It's pretty. It's pretty solid, man. Yeah, it's it's so I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a give it a four. Okay. You know, I mean it's where we are. Yeah. That's that's fine. It's there's nothing. It doesn't get a spectacular five. It just doesn't. There's no, right. you know, there's no. Godfather's it, a five. It, had they had they yeah. Had Godfather's the balls, like a blinking eight. <laughs> had they had the balls to go in Iran and and really give an authentic view of of what's going on and make it about that? I mean, I don't. Think we may not have Ben Affleck. But <laughs> <laughs> and and then finally the story, how it's told, the themes. What themes? Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a, there's a, you know, I mean, I'm sure we could really analyze the greater themes it's, of, of it's Hollywood. structure. Hollywood and, and movie making would and, be the and theme. And I yeah. think that the the Hollywood flexing Hollywood is the lamest thing at this point. Like we've seen it so many times. I like the story as it's told. It's a, yeah. it's a cool it's a good, story. It's a good story. The strength in the story here for me is adding some public awareness to an issue that shouldn't really be forgotten. That kind of was, and the '80s are a weird time. The '80s are well, it was classified. But once it was yeah. declassified, like yeah, so you're adding moved. you're adding yeah. a war to a very intense situation. That, but I mean, the the, the crisis wasn't classified. I mean, the crisis was on the, the news. Canada got all the credit, which they Canada deserve got all the credit. And they Jimmy deserve. Carter, yeah, they do. Jimmy Carter has gone to say that it was Canada's idea, it, it, yeah. it, it, <laughs> fully. Yeah, yeah. and right. like so, they quickly cut to it after it's all succeeded. Brian Cranston talking to the other agents. One guy's like. It's all Canada, like yeah. basically. This is mm-hmm. it's all and Canada. all the news clips are all saying Canada. Canada. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they they go and say, "Well, we can't say we did it because we're the CIA and it's classified." BS. It's Canada's idea. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a three, and I'm you know yeah lack of thematic depth. Really, you don't doesn't really get you much deeper than the, the surface level. But you I know, do you know, like the fact that it, it tells a, it tells a really it's compelling. A, it's, a, it's a good story, true story. And, the, and the story does drive the plot. Um, but it's not something that you can, you don't rewatch it and be like, oh wow, I never, I never picked that up before. I never, yeah. I never noticed this. Yes. There's, there's no, no everything's no, right there. The more you surface. rewatch it, there's less to pick up. Yeah. It's a step above a Tom Clancy bo- uh, movie. Yeah. 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 It's a well-directed Tom Clancy movie. A lot of credit to Big Ben now. You know, yeah, he did sticking a great with job. it and just having job. a vision and having some kind of confidence after 
a bunch of terrible movies and then, you know, some good directorial. So we reached the end of the episode here. And this is, as we always say, this is not a who should have won podcast. But in years like this, it's kind of hard to <laughs> deny the other nominees. Because this was a big year. It was a weird year. And we are going to go through the nominees as we do every episode here at the end. And basically when we're going to go through them read a little synopsis of the movie and we'll give our ideas and, and because this was this is the most recent movie we've done our, our thoughts will probably be a little a a little bit greater in this one but, but right before we do that I want to throw there were three real references of movies that were nominated for best picture throughout this this movie that I thought were kind of cool uh, the obvious one was Star Wars right you know you're going to uh you're going to the Middle East to make a, a well yeah I mean they Star filmed, Wars they filmed Star Wars in Tunisia which is you know north uh, northeast Africa yeah. yeah, and then you have um, uh, the, the Star Wars figures at the end. Sure. So plenty of references there. Mm -hmm. It's actually brought up by name. And this is uh, taken only a few years after Star Wars comes out, and then there's a big craze. So the idea right. of them making a movie over there is, is a copy, kind of a copycat movie. The a cover is literally movie. a bogus Luke Skywalker. Yeah. It's a copycat movie. Right, which, which, which there are tons of. Perfect. It still happens today. Yeah, during one of the, news, the vintage news clips that they use, uh, one of the kids saying, he goes, I feel like the guy in the network. Yeah. And uh, Network obviously I'm mad, nominated. So I'm not going to take it anymore. You're not going to take it anymore. Network, a, a Best Picture nominee. And as the guy vetting them at the airport is flipping through the magazine that has the mm -hmm. Argo ad, there's also an ad for Best Picture winner, Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, really? From that year. There's so, a few yeah. movies in there. Yeah, so those are just the three I noticed that that were okay. But the other... Best Picture nominees of that year. I want to start at the beginning of the alphabet. This is a movie I've not seen. It's Amore. Amore? Not Amore, but Amore. Okay. Amore. Never heard of it. Uh, and here's, here's Amore. Here's the synopsis here. Georges and Anne are an octogenarian couple. They are cultivated, retired music teachers. Their daughter, also a musician, lives in Britain with her family... One day, Anne has a stroke, and the couple's bond of love is severely tested. And yep. this is a foreign movie. That feels like an Oscar. That sounds like an Oscar movie. Yep. And this is going to kind of be one of the. We're going to, as we do this, we're going to talk about like why did it, you know, why did it get nominated? Why did this? Why did Argo win? This is a French language movie, uh, Amour. And I think that we're going to see this like a. Kind of a lot of like almost winners in this, and mm -hmm. I think when that one ha what happens, they maybe they'll go for the one that's a little more safe. But uh, no one's seen that movie. No one's really no. heard of it. No. Okay. Next one, Beasts of the Southern Wild. Heard of it. Um, now ah. the supporting actress in this became the youngest to right. be nominated. I think an eight-year-old girl. Yeah. I've never seen it, but when I sometimes titles turn me off to movies. That title turns me off to the movie. Hmm. I actually like the title. One of the reasons that the Shawshank Redemption was a bust, as people always say, is in the box office was because of the title. People, wow, really? It's an unattractive title yeah. named Shawshank Redemption. It's a mouthful. Yeah, it yeah. just doesn't, you can't place it. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Beast of Southern Wild is nominated for four Oscars. Uh, here's a synopsis here. Faced with both her hot-tempered father's fading health and melting ice caps that flood her ramshackle bayou community and unleash ancient oryx, Six-year-old hush puppy must learn the ways of courage and love. Sounds really good, actually. Yeah, a child growing up in <laughs> kind of want to see that. What's it called? Um, Beast. <laughs> I'm just wild. kidding. Okay. Yes, haven't seen it. No one's seen it, but um, interesting. Next one. Talk about Oscar bait here. Les Miserables. Did not see it. Did not want to see it. Artie. 
I'm a Hugh Jackman guy, but I don't know about this. I, is this a musical? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. it is, man. No, I'm not into that. Les Mis Anne Hathaway. Hathaway. The Miserable? Ha- is that what that means? I believe she wins. She does, yeah. It's um, the winner of three Oscars. Russell Crowe's in it. His, he is in it, that's right. Oh, he's a fat singer. It won... <clears throat> it won performance... Well, he was in a 40-odd-foot grunter. What the fuck's his name? The band? The band? <laughs> I think that might be it. <laughs> it won Best Performance of an Actress in Supporting Role, Anne Hathaway, Best Achievement in Makeup and Hairstyle, and Sound Mixing, which was one of the ones that Argo was up for. In 19th century France, Jean Valjean, who for decades has been hunted by the ruthless policeman Javert. That's Javert. Javert. His name is Jean Valjean. I got to butcher a different language. His name is Javert. Jan Valjean. Jean Jean's Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean and Jevert. Less miserables. <laughs> Lay it in. Lay it in. After breaking parole, agrees to care for a factory worker's daughter. The decision changes their lives forever. So it's directed by Tom Hooper, who's the director of King's Speech. Hugh that- Jackman, Russell Crowe, Anne Hathaway, Menace Freed. Sasha Baron Cohen in that one, too. Helena yes. Bonham Carter. Yes. I Eddie Redmayne, Helen. big stat, big Hel- uh, big cast. Helena Bonham Carter is awesome. She's yeah. so good in everything she's in. So I've seen the uh, the Broadway production and liked it a lot. It was one of my mom's favorites. But I, you know, it, again, Best Picture winner is another one. It's like an almost. It's like all right, yeah, I could see it winning, but we didn't yeah. really give it to Les Mis. Like, right. And they've done it before. There was the one with Claire Danes. I was just going to say, if they earlier. remade Les Mis every five years, it'd be up every right, five yeah. years. It's so yeah. annoying. So next we have get ready, Artie. One of your favorites here. Django Unchained. This should have won. <laughs> yeah, this is one that, this was your pick. Yeah. I, this this your is, pick. In my opinion, this is Quentin Tarantino's best movie. It's okay. written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Artie's hot take is his, his best movie. Stars Jamie Foxx, Christopher Waltz, Leo DiCaprio. Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Might it's, steal the movie. As you mentioned, wins original screenplay, and Christoph Waltz wins his second Oscar as supporting actor in this. Django Unchained, with the help of a German bounty hunter, a freed slave, sets out to rescue his wife from a brutal Mississippi plantation owner. Want to hear a cool fact about this? Sure. Quentin Tarantino said that Django is an ancient, quote-unquote ancient, relative of Shaft. Hmm. So, like, he wrote it yeah. with the idea in mind that well, this is Shaft's answer. The parents, they're like Shaft's Ru- grandparents. Ru- Ru- name is Von Shaft. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. So I yeah. didn't pick up on that. <laughs> so yeah, they're 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 so, chefs, so, so like they're, great, so they're, great great so, great grandparents. So yeah, they're, they're the ancestors. And he has that chef, badass chef, chef attitude. Yeah. yeah, I love that. He just writes that shit in. Grant, where does that fit in your My Tarantino your Tarantino canon ranking? Hmm. It might be three. Hmm. You have it as a top three or three or four. Inglorious Bastards is my number one. I'll, I think, I'll admit that I have to rewatch Django. It's been a couple of years yeah. to properly slate it in and where it is. Because the, the problem with the time, ranking Tarantino's movies is there's really no last place movie. They're all no, awesome. They're all great. And, you know, I have to kind of see where I grasp that one. But yeah, Marty, it, why, why, is it, why is it your best Tarantino movie? Uh, the, well, real quick, what you just said is Tarantino, ranking Tarantino movies. is uh, There's a line from Kill Bill... Comparing a Hattori Hanzo sword to anything else, it, like there's no way to compare it to something else. You only compare it to every other Hattori Hanzo sword that's ever been made. Mm-hmm. Like Quentin's movies, you could only compare them to Quentin's movies. Django, to me, has 
Um, I love, again, it's the same three things from Slumdog. I love revenge stories. I love rags to riches. And I love love stories. And this has all of them. Uh, Christoph Waltz is amazing. Jamie Foxx is amazing. Samuel Jackson's amazing. DiCaprio's amazing. The script is amazing. The music is amazing. The cinematography yeah. is amazing. The colors are amazing. I don't know what... The, the first act's amazing. The second... Everything's amazing. There's nothing bad with this movie. <laughs> it's all awesome. Yeah, again, I, I gotta rewatch it. I, I gotta check it out again. Uh, I remember liking it a lot. I don't know if it... First watch connected with me as much as some of the others did, but... Okay. That's how I feel about the one in the cabin. Hateful Eight. Yeah, that kind of um, I, that kind of uh, took a lot for me to watch the first time. Like it's it's a and, lot to take and, in, and that's a common take. I think a, a lot yeah. of people were were slow to grab with that. Where I love the slow burn. Yeah, that's really like a go to class, and you need to pay attention to it. Movie. You yeah, Netflix like split doing... it up in four episodes, so you can watch them like TV episodes, and it's a much better way to watch it. Oh, that's pretty cool. I would check that out. I would that way. Is it yeah, four act movie. Uh, yeah. Yes, literally it's episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four. Yeah. Yeah, it's Well, he writes cool. like novels, so that makes sense. That's yeah. Cool. yeah so, so next one is, is the Catherine Bigelow movie that we mentioned here. We're starting to get into like what the runners-up probably were. Yeah. Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-hmm. A chronicle of a decade-long hunt for al-Qaeda terrorist leader Osama bin Laden after the September 2001 attacks and his death at the hands of the Navy SEALs Team 6 in May 2011. So this is directed by Catherine Bigelow. It won one Oscar, and that was for sound editing. This was a controversial one, and I think it like lost a lot of steam leading up into the Oscars. Did, I think yeah. that John McCain was really like going up against it, and there was a, right. it was in the it was just I think anytime you make a movie like this so close to the events happening, you know we're talking yeah. about it, it happened in 2011. The movie's like filmed in 2011. It comes out in 2012. They insinuate that torture led to getting the information. Right, that, that's that's a, that's a big Osama part. That's a big on. part of it. That it's kind of they, they're claiming that that torture works. Next, and here's one that's like you look at. I'm like kind of surprised it didn't win just because, and I'm grateful it didn't win because you know this would be the preparation for this would be much more tasking. It's Lincoln, yeah. Steven Spielberg. Who doesn't Steven love Steven Spielberg, Spielberg? Daniel Day Lewis, Abraham Daniel, Lincoln movie. Daniel Day Lewis lives in a log cabin for a year to become Lincoln. As the American Civil War continues to rage, America's president struggles with continuing carnage on the battlefield as he fights with many inside his own cabinet on the decision to emancipate the slaves. So, okay, like, I'm kind of surprised it didn't win just because it just totally seems that I think if it was earlier it just, on, if it was closer just to like, the 90s, it probably so, would have it just reeks of Oscar gold. Yeah. It really yeah. does. And yeah. he, he wins Best Actor. Daniel Day does. He's never not gonna. Especially when he's, he lives as Lincoln for a year yeah. and a lot of cabin doesn't let his wife... He probably like passed advice. the bar from 1772 <laughs> or whatever just to add to the character. <laughs> yeah. I practiced law in Kentucky. Yeah. He read an old law book, passed the bar in his house by himself and no one knows it just so he could be Lincoln. But the the one thing the one thing that annoys me about it as as I've, I've never really watched it. I've seen bits and pieces of it. I don't I don't like when like when somebody of average height plays a really tall person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that gets you can you can do like camera tricks and stuff like that, but it always kind of takes me out of it like 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 that's what it was in Walk the Line too. Yeah. Where Joaquin Phoenix is not a big guy, but Johnny Cash was. Yeah. And to see like Joaquin Phoenix like his his slender shoulders kind yeah. of walking around and Yeah. And know. Argo's a movie with a six five guy playing a five seven guy, but we don't know men. Right. So it's I'd, 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 yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be okay right? with somebody tall to short, yeah. I guess. I don't know. 
I liked Lincoln. You uh, saw it? Beginning to end. I saw it front end. Wow. Okay. It's good. It's just flat. It is, it's it's dialogue driven, history driven. Dry. Sp- it's very dry. Spielberg adds some Spielberg stuff, you know, like some heart or whatever. It's it's not bad. It's not it's not great. Like I'm yeah. never gonna watch it again. Okay. Yeah. And I, I sh- you know, I hate to be ignorant and say like, oh, I'm glad I didn't have to watch that, but it just you know it just seems like an investment. You know, and it's... They're not going out on cast. any limbs having Daniel Day-Lewis be Lincoln and Spielberg direct it, you know? Right, that's... They're not that's going out on choice. any limbs. It's very safe. So Great. if you're going to make a safe movie like that, blow me well, away. Yeah, they they, I mean, they, they got this... So boring. They got everything in place. You're like, okay, well, this will at least be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like no basically. chance. We'll throw, we'll throw our dicks out there. Yeah. We'll get an Oscar nom. Great, yeah. great cast. Sally Field, David Strathern, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. James Spader, Hal Holbrook, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones and Sally Field are both nominated. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure one day it'll, it'll, it's, it'll cross over some rainy a, day or it's snowy good. day. It's just there. not like, you're not like blow away. It's not blow away. Yeah. This next one would be my choice for best picture winner. This is, I rewatched it again this week and it climbing my list of, of favorite movies in this era. It's Silver Linings Playbook. Jennifer Lawrence in that? Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. Bradley Cooper, Robert De Niro. It's kind of what got her going, right? This was her win. This was her win for Best Actress. Jackie Weaver. She won for Best Actress. She actor. won Best Actress. So oh, I got to see this. Yeah. Uh, it's as watchable of movies it gets. You're in it every second. It's, it's fun. It's bipolar, though, It's right? funny. It's yeah. about mental mental health, mental illnesses. And, you know, it's a love story, too. It's, it's, yeah. it's a rom-com, but it's, in my opinion, the best rom-com of the last 20 years. Okay. De Niro in it? De Niro's in yes, it, too. Right. Nominated. All three are nominated. De Niro. All four are nominated, I should say. De Niro. Lawrence. Cooper, Weaver, all nominated in it. Chris Tucker in there, too. That's right. After a stint... first movie since Rush Hour 3, basically. I think it was. After a stint in a mental institution, former teacher Pat Saltino moves back with his parents and tries to reconcile with his ex-wife. Things get more challenging when Pat meets Tiffany, a mysterious girl with problems of her own. Robert De Niro plays a degenerate gambler with OCD, yeah. big Eagles fan. Right. It's again another one. If you don't feel anything in this, Julie Styles in this too. Julie Styles is a, a, she a the, nice. Was she the, she's the sister. She's uh, right, 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 uh, right. Jennifer Lawrence's sister. sister. Really nice supporting role in there. A very kind of heartwarming movie. It makes you feel a lot of things. It's a good. It's it's. A bold take on mental illness. I have to, I have to, re, I have to rewatch it. What do you I, mean a bold take? Any take on mental illness these days is, is a bold take because we don't have all the answers when it comes to autism, when it comes to bipolar, when it comes to OCD, when it comes to addiction. And, and in this movie touches on all those things, intertwines family in the mix, intertwines yeah. love in the mix. And it's, I think it does it in, I mean, I'm sure there's people who were impacted by all these things that may find flaws in it, just like any movie that takes on sure. that. Well, everything, well, that's the thing about, we make movies about mental health, or it gets, tends to get simplified mm-hmm. a little bit, and that's just kind of the nature. Yeah, so I'm sure bold is maybe not the right word, but it, mm-hmm. it's it's a, they go after it. Yeah. Dennis. They go after it. It's, it's I, I feel like it's, it's, as on, it's as honest as they as they can make it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're looking for a four for four performance movie where you get a lead actor, a lead actress, a supporting actor, a supporting actress is right up there with yeah. it. All, all four crush it. And uh, the Lawrence win was the only Oscar win there. But I, I just would recommend it. It's streaming. I think it's on Netflix okay. right now. Free? Free on Netflix. Uh, highly recommended. And it 
the watch goes like that. It's right. a, you're never looking and saying how much time's left in this. Yeah, yeah. It's another one when you could you could even go for another half hour. Or so, uh, and and a, a tearjerker too. So that's Silver Linings Playbook. And then the possible runner-up. I only say that because he won Best Director, and that's Life of Pi. It's a really great movie. Already saw Life of Pi. Grain City. I have not. No. no. Okay. Really great. And I I put it on. It's one of those movies where you catch it at the very opening scene. And I was like, all right, whatever, I'll watch it as long as I can. And watch the whole movie, start Googling it, you know. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's a great movie. Yeah, and Chris G. Was, has seen it, was talking up to, I think he saw it right. in the theaters. Uh, and it's a young man who survives a disaster at sea, is hurtled into an epic journey of adventure and discovery. While cast away, he forms an unexpected connection with another survivor, a fearsome Bengal tiger. Yeah, so Ang Lee, <laughs> Ang Lee has... One director twice, and neither time the movie has won Best Picture, which is kind of an interesting distinction. What was the other one? Brokeback Mountain. He made that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Brokeback Mountain. Didn't he also do Hulk with Eric yeah, Banner? He did the... Dead Hulk. He Nick did Nolte, the, Eric Banner, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. That movie, why, why is that bad? Like, you know? It's just bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably because... Like a bad guy, vision. <laughs> probably because the guy that directed Brokeback Mountain directed a superhero movie. Let's oh. get into this now, guys. I know you both have takes on this. You both want to talk about this. Argo won Best Picture here. There's some heavy hitters in this lineup. <laughs> and right before we do that, do you want to throw a couple that were in their flight was this year? Oh, Denzel. Denzel. Denzel nominated as an actor. That is one of the... It's Actually, that's the last movie I've ever seen in movie theaters to, to date is Flight. Wow. Well, wow, you haven't been in movie theaters a long time. Nope. Now. It's the only movie I've seen since I've been seeing my wife, which is 2011. Wow. Only movie we went to together. What a movie theater experience with flight. When that, I don't want to give spoilers, but there's a, a major plane crash scene. The whole audience is grabbing the arms like they are on the plane. Like look, you look around. Everyone is is who who uh, who directed that? Uh, it's a good director. It's, is it it's not someone. Robert it is Zemeckis. Yeah, it's Great not a director. bad director. Yeah, it's a really good human. Have you seen that? I have not seen Flight. You would love Flight. Love it. It's a human, human, yeah. you would do, you would love, love it. Love Denzel. Another movie this year, The Master. That I've wanted to see. I, I like uh, Paul, Paul Thomas, Thomas Anderson, Anderson, but I haven't seen that one. Joaquin, I, heard, I heard that's his hardest to watch. Hmm. I, I haven't seen it. Him. Joaquin nominated for Best Actor in that one. Another one this year, I think you could have thrown a Best Picture nominee just because they screwed it up with the movie before it is, and it's not a... Perfect movie, but Dark Knight Rises was this year. Uh, yeah, I'm okay with them. That yeah, no, really. even even though they uh, that do movie, you not like that movie? It's it's fine. Really? That, yeah, I feel like that movie could have that movie should have been two movies. That's the only movie to be in theaters for more than twelve months in like cool. in like 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 twenty years or something. All right. Yeah, I, I, I you're I, in the major I, minority. With I, that. I know what I, Grant's I, I don't, saying. I don't That's think a hot take. I know I, what Grant's saying. I think I, I think that I think that movie should have been, it should have been a two parter. That's what I really they they threw a lot at you with that movie. I feel like it could have been, they could have let that movie breathe a little bit. It should have the first movie should have ended with Batman breaking his back, hmm. with Bane breaking his back, and then the second movie be him. <clears throat> would be him rising back. So flight has Don Cheadle, John Goodman. And Bruce Greenwood is the actor. Okay, yeah, Bruce, name. Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, yeah. He, he's awesome. Yeah, he's in uh, 
Yeah. So okay. there's a point where him and Don Cheadle are tasked with keeping Denzel sober. <laughs> it's an awesome scene in yeah. flight. Cool. And then last one we'll just throw out there is Sam Mendes directed Skyfall. I haven't seen it. A good, solid Bond movie. I heard, I heard that's like the like one of the best Bond movies. It's aside from Casino it's Royale. A, it's yeah. a real solid. You got Javier Bardem as the, yeah, the, 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 the bad guy. Right? It's very good. Yeah. yeah, it's very good. Yeah, true, one good. of the true few, one of the few true evil, okay, yeah. uh, Bond villains. Yeah. Not just like a maniacal, like I'm gonna take over the world. Like right. I'm an evil person. Right. Yeah. Love that. So, so Grant, take some why Argo took it this year. Yeah. Um, if there's anything that I've learned uh, in recent years is that Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood, mm-hmm. and all the all the inside jargon, all the ins and outs of how meetings are done and how. Oh, you're you're a bullshit artist. Why don't you come over to Hollywood? You'll right. fit right in. Ha 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's al- it's almost in a way them saying, you see us and everyone in Hollywood, we helped save these. We Hollywood's saved, the hero. We in saved movie. these hostages. If it wasn't for Hollywood, these people wouldn't have been saved. Yeah. And I I, I just feel like it's a little. It's a it's. I've been saying it's yeah. too Hollywoody. It's too Hollywoody. Yeah, it's. Uh, I it's feel like movie. I feel like that's. I feel like that's what. That's feel like that's what did three, it. Three examples in this decade too of those types of movies. The other two being The Artist, which I know already you watched recently, okay. and Birdman. I mean, they're all kind of celebration that, of the arts. And, yeah, celebration seen of the arts. Birdman, yeah. but The Artist, I was a little bored by. Yeah, and and it's a it's a total Hollywood movie. Like Peter Griffin says. It insists upon itself. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think it's 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 a little plain. Know, it's a I very. I don't know weekend. how you feel about Birdman. I don't know if you would love it or hate it. So here's the thing: I'm a big cinematography guy. You would love it then. I, yeah. I know I would love it. And yeah. it's Edward Norton and Michael Keaton. And who who directed it? Because he directed another movie that I love. He directed, he directed Revenant. 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 Revenant's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Gian, Gian, Gonzalez in Yamiritu. Nailed it. <laughs> Alejandro Inaratu. Inarato, Yeah, but again, all three of those movies would, kind yeah. of about that. And it, I thought that it would have culminated with La La Land, too. With La La Land, well, to win that, that would have made four that decade. Well, that, that, won, they, they that won cinematography uh, and... One director. I, I know it well, they, they, But the, the, um, the Academy went the socially conscious route right. that year. Moonlight. Instead of... Yeah. Instead of... Uh, instead, of instead, of, instead of blowing itself. <laughs> Insisting upon it. So. Yeah. Um, listen. Insisting upon the Ben Affleck. <laughs> ben Affleck, I'm sure, worked the campaign and worked the room. Sure, really, yeah. this is his. Sure. This is his big shot. Yeah, yeah. He's knows everybody in the in the mix He's and around. Yeah. Yeah. I just assume Alan Arkin could go up to people and be like, "You're gonna vote for me, right?" And they're like, "Oh, of course, Alan." But you know, you have actors in all these movies. You think Steven Spielberg can't do that? I look at this year. I see a lot of like movies that people don't want to necessarily pull the trigger on. Yeah, you feel yeah, like, it's like it, Lincoln, Lincoln would be too obvious. Yeah, or you have the you have the Lincoln foreign would be movie. too obvious. Yeah. Why not just yeah. give Life of Pi the, the thing then? If it won everything else, I you look, let's look at it this way: a more foreign movie, great movie. Are we gonna give it to a foreign movie? Uh, Lame is musical. We're gonna pull the trigger on musical. Uh, nah, we did. We've been there, done that. Lincoln, we're gonna pull the trigger on Lincoln. Uh, I'm not John Wilkes Booth. I don't want to do that. Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> Rom-com, you know, they don't do that. They should have. 
You know, they should have they should take rom coms get the raw deal a lot of yeah. the time. Yeah. But to like me, to me, Django's a clear winner this year. I don't I don't even think Tarantino, they haven't pulled one yet on him. Is this the one? That's the no, problem. Here's, here's, when here's, you don't give it to well, that's Paul, a Leo issue. When you don't give it to him for Pulp Fiction and you don't give it to him for Samuels, then you get to Django and it becomes, well, is this the one we're gonna give you? Scorsese But, but then you got Marty. Years. Marty spends thirty years waiting and they're like departed. Yeah, let's give it to him. I have a feeling that the Academy is waiting for Tarantino's tenth and final movie to give it to him. And I would be fucking delighted if Tarantino just makes a purposefully shitty movie to force the Academy's <laughs> hand into giving him the Oscar yeah. for Yeah, I mean, they'll snub him again, though. That's the thing. Yeah. They have no problem I doing guess. It. But Lincoln, it's the obvious choice. Like, sure. And you just said, it's kind of was it like... Been, it would have been boring. Right, it's won. kind of a boring win. So they're like, eh, we gotta give it. Zero Dark Thirty, too much controversy. Life yeah. of Pi, ton of CGI. Again, the, the, the Indian... Movie won a couple. You're years not going to be a foreign movie a winner. Oh, winner. Yeah, and it wasn't a foreign movie, but but it, the Indian style movie won a couple years of the Slumdog. We've done that. It's kind of like these are a bunch of almosts, and Argo is just safe. sitting there. It's just safe. It's yeah, it's, it's like very, it's very you don't want to give it to any of the pro- silvers, so you give it to the bronze. It's and Grant Affleck is technically a veteran at this point. Let's give it to the mm-hmm. veteran who's the, you know reinventing himself. And you think the director snub might have helped him win Best Picture? Because it's like, oh, God, this guy didn't get nominated, deserved it's a it. Great, it's a great story. And it, yeah, it's a, a great, great story. story. And then it's the Hollywood factor. It's just kind of safe. Yeah. And if you watch Life of Pi, you'll see why Ang Lee wins. I actually think Ang Lee should have won over Quentin in this year. Mm-hmm. Django's a better movie. Mm-hmm. Life of Pi is a, is a film achievement. Movie. It's a film achievement. All right, gentlemen. We're here at the end. We've done a nice job covering this one yet again. <laughs> We love to talk around here at BPC. Nice. Gentlemen, we did it again. Thanks for joining us. Season t- season two premiere was a success. You guys, you want to close with anything? Anything to say? Yeah. Knock, knock. <laughs> Grant? Uh, no, just looking forward to uh, diving into more movies. All right, we'll be back again, I'm sure. Well, for BPC, we'd like to tell everyone, Argo, go fuck, fuck yourself. yourself. Buddy. Buddy.